Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 251 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing great, Joe. I'm looking forward to our San Diego Comic-Con Scooping and Boopin' Edition podcast. Yes. Yes. Again, it's one thing to talk about it in the uh, DMs or on the Discord or whatever, but it's another thing to put uh, voice to mic and get the information out there. And we have been... uh, Coming out sooner than We Need Wrestling, who also record literally at the same time that we do. Call it a hunch. I have a feeling that they might be doing a supersized show uh, this week. Yeah, I felt we made a conscious effort. We were going to do a deep dive into the G1, but I decided, right. you know, it's it's for the best to let those guys have it. I mean, they do an awesome job at covering it, uh, right. as well as Michelle. And, uh, you know, I just figured we don't want to go and you know do the same thing so we just figure we'd bow out of this one yeah and i want to i want to put that out there um you know kudos to both uh we need wrestling last week and final wrestling place of doing um their g1 brackets live on the air Mm -hmm. um you know obviously getting michelle wine drunk and (laughs) ranking it on the hotness i thought that was a great idea uh marcus just going with the biggest and beefiest boys there were makes a lot of sense I don't know how you don't have Eddie Kingston win, but whatever. That's up to you. I I will be the first one to say a me filling out my bracket would be an exercise in futility because I am so unfamiliar with so many of the people in this. And my thing is, it's just like Eddie Kingston wins, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's the problem is like, you want, if I were to fill it out, I can go with my heart. But then, you know, like you said, Eddie Kingston would just win every match, you know, right. he'd be the first person to go through. Well, maybe not the first person, but he would just go through everybody. Um, but then it's like you're conflicted and be like, well, would he actually be, you know, this person, you know, and you got to kind of do that compromise. And that's why I didn't participate this year. Right. This year, the this previous year. 32 years you did. I'm 31 and one and winning G1 pools. Right. There's exactly. There's one bad year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh so hey let's get into our show let's see if we can maybe do a short show for real this week highly unlikely <laughs> and now at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history all right this day in wrestling history, we're going to go in chronological order, oldest to newest. Uh, a lot of times I like to front load, back load things for clips, but I figured this week we're just going to go right on down the list, huh? All right, do it. All right, so uh, this day in wrestling history, uh, 1998, we have our head-to-head Raw versus Nitro. Uh, Raw is a taped Raw, uh, leading into the fully loaded pay-per-view that's coming up this weekend. Uh, some big things happen on this show. You know, they do a great go-home segment uh, with your main players, your Kane, your Mankind, your Undertaker, your Stone Cold. Uh, D'Lo Brown wins the European title. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and only because Adam requested it, and this is a special one, we are going to play a clip from the Brawl for All. Yes! So happy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Dr. Desk football coach at Oklahoma University and former Super Bowl winning coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Barry Switzer, had a few words to say about Doc. Uh, he liked to dominate. He liked to hurt people. 
Uh, and in wrestling, I've seen him take a, a, a lick one time that gashed his eyes open, a, a big cut above his eyes. He had 108 stitches placed uh, in his eye from a wrestling match. Uh, he's a guy that uh, you don't have to kill the guy to, to beat him because he believes that he can whip any man that he lines up against one-on-one. So, so he gets killed? <laughs> well. Oh, wait, not this. Yeah, not this. Right. There's the buildup. Yeah. Real smart idea of PCO to wear the eye patch and shoot fight. <laughs> well, folks, uh, there's some speculation regarding the uh, Pierre's uh, eye patch and the fact that uh, he may or may not have vision and only one eye. So folks say it's a little bit of a camouflage. I'm not uh, really sure. <laughs> Ten points for a knockdown. I mean, you think he can see through that? No way. Gentlemen, go to your corner when the bell rings. Come out fighting. I'm not saying that. It takes courage in, in any in any environment to get into this uh, sort of competition. It isn't boxing and it isn't wrestling. It's brawl for all. It's better than And both. a little extra courage to face a guy with the reputation of Dr. Death. There's a takedown already right out of our brawl for it all. This is a great concept, JR. It combines boxing. It combines wrestling. Oh, Whoa, look at these hard. shots. Oh, rights oh, and left and rights and left. He's got to be out. And Doc wants a little bit more. Oh. He's got that attitude. Come get some. What How is Pierre still standing? Did you see? He must have taken about eight what shots right, what? Now, right to the head. Horrible well, Pierre. Oh. He's not running away, but he is. The fatigue is setting in. There's a hard shot right to the ribs, and you got to hit it to Pierre. Oh. He, at least he's trying to. He's trying to throw. And I don't think it's fatigue. I think it's those big haymakers that the doc been landing here. I guarantee you, you're not going to see this anywhere else. And with good guards. And look at doc. It's almost now. Again, he's only got one eye. No other federation would ever even dare put their athletes in this environment. <laughs> with good cause. No other athletes would have the guts to do this. Dr. Death looks to be fresh. And I don't know if Pierre's got anything left. He's hurt. And the referee's calling it off. God, all right, so I love Jr. up front trying to like kayfabe. It's like, well, you know, we, we, we're showing a close-up of his face. And it's very clear that he's wearing a large, thick eye patch. He might be able to see through that, though. He might be tricking us. <laughs> it's, it's all uh, subterfuge. Yeah, subterfuge is right, right. So uh, Pierre is legitimately blind in that eye. He could catch a baseball. It's a miracle, but he couldn't not get his ass beat by Dr. Death here. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I think that Dr. Death guy is going far in this. Let's put some money down on this. Right. <laughs> you heard that old man that they talked to? They said that it would take anything short of killing him to get him not to uh, stop fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a smart opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, so over on the uh, Distinguished Competition uh, World Championship Wrestling Monday Nitro. Uh, now, Adam, of course, you know, Nitro is still three hours. Nitro is live every week. Uh, we have a couple big things that happen on this show. Um, you know, we have... Scott Hall and the Giant, excuse me, <clears throat> Scott Hall and the Giant. Thank you. I wasn't sure uh, if you were letting me do it there. All right. I, you'd like to do it. so I do. <laughs> uh, defeating uh, Kevin Nash and Sting, Wolfpack Sting, the worst Sting uh, for the tag titles. Uh, Mr. Hitman defeats Diamond Dallas Page in the main event um, for the vacant U.S. title. Um and, and Adam, do you remember why the U.S. title is vacant? Uh, I mean, my timeline could be messed up. Is it uh, Goldberg, like, giving it up after he won the world title? 
Yes, because Goldberg is the world champion. Now, now, Adam, I want you to look through this card of Nitro, this three hours of TV. And uh, could you tell me the match that Goldberg has on TV this week? Hmm. He is conspicuous by his absence. Ha! Huh, how odd that your world champion, the guy who has been on your TV literally every week since December, without fail, he becomes the world champion. Then all of a sudden you decide, let's not have him be on TV no more, I guess, right? Yeah, I heard old saying, you can't miss him if he doesn't go away. They, right, put the title on him and then take him away. That's <laughs> sound strategy. Now, another thing I would be remiss to mention, you know, I, I've been saying, you know, we kind of transitioned from the build and the match at the previous pay-per-view with DDP and Carl Malone uh, taking on Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. And now we're getting ready to go toward the build for Road Wild with uh, Eric Bischoff. And Hulk Hogan taking on DDP and Jay Leno. Now, for the last several weeks, if you remember, Adam, they have been doing on Nitro the WCW or the NWO night late night show where they built like a replica set of the Tonight Show set. Mm -hmm. And Bischoff comes out like and does a full monologue. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're three weeks into them doing that. But none of that is on the network. What? Like, why? Is it, is it like legitimately like a copyright strike type deal against The Tonight Show? Well, so that, okay. Yes, with an asterisk, okay? Um, because, okay, so obviously these days, but we're going back to before it was on Peacock, Peacock, NBC Universal, Tonight Show is an NBC show. But you cannot find clips of the Jay Leno Tonight Show anywhere. And the fact that the music that they were using was not, not a knockoff enough. And the fact that Bischoff was just coming out there and doing Leno's monologue verbatim every week. Mm -hmm. Those are the reasons that they aired on the side. And, and they're horrible segments, right? Well, I so, find that last part hard to believe, but go on. Right. And... If I knew, and like, and that's the thing, when I do my write-ups, obviously it's just the match listings. When I go look at it on Peacock, it's not on Peacock. And I'm like, oh, it's got to be starting here somewhere, right? And then I looked up, like, whatever it was called, like NWO Nightcap or whatever the fuck it was called, right? And they're not on the network for those variety of reasons. Um, but I'm sad that they're not on the network. And I'm also happy that they're not on the network because if they were on the network, I'd be playing them in their entirety every week of the show. <laughs> They're not like on YouTube anywhere or the dark uh, really or? bad quality. The audio is all fucked out. Not all of them are there. And if I'm going to play one of them, I'm playing all of them, you know? Yeah, no, I gotcha. All uh, right. That's a shame. But uh, as I had you look over the listing of the matches here, right? Uh, there's a name particularly that I wanted you to look at there in the uh, opener against Stevie Ray. Uh, Johnny Boone. Yes. So uh, Johnny Boone um previously was on an episode of world wrestling entertainment as the fake dean malenko okay yeah i have no me i have very little memory of that well when jericho had the fake dean malenko come out and humiliated him during the build-up to their pay-per-view oh i thought you said wwf my bad no 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 if i said wwe I, you know it was the fake dean malenko on nitro okay 
Um, and speaking of Jericho, uh, there was no Jericho segment on Thunder this week, but there certainly was a Jericho segment on Nitro this week. Excellent. And let them know about the terrible mental anguish that I've been going through, the mental abuse that I've been suffering at the hands of Dean Malenko. A man who has gone so far as to interfere in all my matches. Right. Cause me to lose, stalk me from coast to coast, speak about my family, speak about my dead father. Wait a minute. <laughs> a man who even conspired with Arn Anderson to give me a vicious beating at Bash of the Beach. Why? Why, Gene Mean? I'll tell you why. Because he wants a shot at this belt. Because he knows he can never be a true champion a true paragon of virtue, a true role model in my eyes or in the eyes of all the great people out here. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Mean Gene. I'm a fair champion. I am the greatest champion in WCW history. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Oh. So what I'm going to do is this. Next week in San Antonio, nice town, you told me so yourself. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a chance, Dean. I'm going to give you a chance to feed your starving ego with the knowledge that you're the champ. But this is your last chance. This is the last time. This is the last dance, Dino Machino. Because if you lose, you might as well pack up your bags and go back to fry cooking at Harry's Burgers in Tampa, Florida. Because if you lose, you will never... Ever get a chance at me or this belt again? So make it count, Daddy O. All right, I'd hate to bring up, <laughs> at the risk of offending you, what if Malenko should be successful and defeat you, Chris Jericho? What if, would have, could have, should have? Let's tune in next week and see what happens. But Dino, let me tell you this. I'm not going to give this up without a little bit of a good old-fashioned Canadian fight. Thank you. All right, Chris Jericho, one week from tonight in San Antonio. Stacking up a big Nitro for next week, advertising in advance a Jericho-Malenko match. You know, the only program that we really care about these days. Yeah. Oh, they should have won the war, I tell you. <laughs> Just on those segments alone, right? Well, it's... That's the problem. The, the two or three minutes that Jericho's on every week can't compete with the other two hours and 57 minutes of horse shit that they're putting on, right? Yeah, and it took another two years for reinforcements to arrive in Miss Hancock and Tori Wilson. <laughs> I think they're being Nitro Girl searched as we speak, you know? Yeah. Uh, if only those two things overlapped, you know, we'd be watching the, we'd be lamenting the demise of the WCW network. And now we have to get a VPN to watch it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know when, I don't think Miss Hancock, Stacey Keebler debuts until like summer of 99, like maybe like summer, fall of like, she's definitely there as a nitro girl mm -hmm. before Russo comes in. But Tori Wilson is in like maybe like February, March of 93. She's part of the NWO as a girl uh, who is attempting to like seduce David Flair to join the NWO. Man, David Flair got all the luck back in the day. Again, on TV, he is connected with Tori Wilson, Daphne, 
Miss Hancock. <laughs> uh, that he was born on third and thought he hit a triple. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Now, again, I'm going right down the list of things in chronological order, and I would like to be serious here, if I can, for a moment. Uh, So last week, in the hustle and bustle of doing the show, I had it in my notes. I had the tab opened. um, But I neglected to play a paparazzi production segment that happened (gasps) on this day in wrestling history, 2006, last week. Oh, Uh, no. it was stupid, uh, and I'm sorry, and it'll never happen again. Are you? Please, you need to write a notes app okay. apology and tweet it out. And, and please don't play this back and make light of this because it's very serious. Uh, I was gonna play last week and this week's, uh, but again, I'm just gonna make sure uh, to never miss uh, a paparazzi production segment again. So let's go to see what Kevin Nash and the boys are up to uh, this week. Uh, 20 or 17 years. You mean last week, right? No, no, we're going to do this week. Like, we're not playing last week's. What? No. No? You want to play last week's too? I do. That might take a while to find. Well, I'm sure we'll fix it all in post. I'll fix it all in post. (laughs) Damn it. And while you're doing that, don't you know that if you're doing an apology, you're supposed to play a ukulele in the background so you can copyright strike it? Oh, no. Well... I'm doing the Jackie Martling, uh, Jessica Hahn bathtub incident apology. Okay. Uh, That's my apology that I'm doing there. Gotcha. Uh, That he hijacked Howard's show so that he could start the show by apologizing to his wife for, like, a literal misunderstanding. It's one of my (laughs) favorite. It's personally one of my favorite apologies of all time. We've seen a lot of apologies lately. Like, the Mm -hmm. last couple years has really been the golden age of them. But uh, anyway, here we go. All right, so this is last week, okay? Yep. Roxy Productions. You know, I know we go way back. You may remember me from such films as The Sting Videos or Stalking <laughs> Denise, a home movie. <laughs> Paparazzi Productions has gotten so big, we're going global. I don't know if you know that. I need a production assistant, and that's where you come in, my friend. Brother, I am happy to help. Nobody loves a camera like Johnny DeBio. We're going to have a match, a tag team match. With the tag team champions oh. of TNA, Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. I mean, it's a non-title match, but that's all I could do on short notice. Brother, that's that's all. I have been waiting so long to punch Christopher Daniels in the face. Yeah. Tonight, we have an agenda to fulfill. That's a go out there and make big Kevin Nash proud. Let's do it, brother. Are you with me, pal? Let's do it, brother. We okay, lock, oh. lock and load. All right, oh, let's go. Okay. So no Nash, but we have to play these segments, right? Yeah, I mean, otherwise you can't appreciate Nash when he shows up if you just think he's in every single one of them. Exactly. So that was last week. I don't think they win the match, but let's see how things turn out for uh, Alex Shelley and uh, Johnny Devine this week, 17 years ago. <laughs> I need to get in the head of an exhibition star. Dissect them, huh? I need to know what they do, what they think when they get on the top rope, what they think when they leave the top rope. Hey, Kevin. Look who you're talking to here, huh? Uh, exactly. So what we did is brought some tapes from Mexico, from Japan, from Madagascar. Madagascar? That's right. All right, Kevin, <laughs> here we are in Mexico City. Now notice, watch him go up. There you go. That's right. He's going into the Spaceman Tornisio arm drag right there. 
You see the beauty, the form, how he arched his back? That's right. As he does a 360. What? Over the top rope. Kevin, come on, take these notes, man. What is that? It's Double double reverse ninja kick. With an atomic hog drop. What? Where is this? I've never seen a two-sided ring before. You're damn right you have it because this is Madagascar. <laughs> Japan, Mexico, they got nothing on Madagascar. Oh, man. But are they sitting on the floor? That's right, because chairs are luxury over there. Well, they look like as many people. How many people at this thing? 300, give or take. Best wrestlers in the world, I tell you right here. Best wrestlers in the world, yeah. Right up, Kevin. What I'm going to do for you, Kevin, you know those two Madagascar wrestlers we were watching? We're going to fly them in business class. Shut the front door! That's right. <laughs> business class. We only roll one way. Just so you can train with these fellas. Come on, Kevin. I love you. Next week, we'll do it up, huh? Let's do it, man. Hold me. Championship. Feel it. Oh, God. Hold me. So there's something I'm noticing as I'm watching these again, other than the fact that they're just brilliant and I'm remembering like what comes next and I'm super excited as it's right back to my mind. But like something about like their the chemistry of how they interact amongst each other and the dialogue and kind of like the way it's delivered reminds me a lot of like it's always sunny. When they're sitting around at the bar, like interacting right before a big scene happens, and you're kind of catching them in mid conversation. Yeah, so I kind of get that vibe, especially when Shelly's talking. Yeah. Um, oh man, I love that. Uh, oh. it's such it's such good stuff, man. Like Nash is awesome, and I think it was just one of those things where Shelly had been in TNA's system at that point, almost since like I think like he was in there for like two years. He was a guy that got heat. At a couple times for like not wanting to do like blade jobs or not wanting to do like a hair versus hair match. Um, and it was just like him and Nash hit it off. Two guys from Michigan, you know, Detroit boys and, you know, the rest is history, right? Yeah. And where the hell is my Paparazzi Productions t-shirt? It's been two weeks since I since I uh, demanded it, but. Now, listen, <sighs> you, you got to reach out to one of these uh, people that make these. uh boutique limited print run shirts and tell them to do one of those up you know oh, they're probably busy making bash and booger nonsense like that's probably their big hot commodity now it's it's yet another papa shango shirt that they'll never yeah. send to uh poor marcus right <laughs> yeah here's a mantar shirt you know we're not gonna make a paparazzi productions but we'd like to sell 12 of these uh, r.i.p wow. mantar right <laughs> yeah now uh, on this day in wrestling history, uh, 2008, uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment held the Great American Bash pay-per-view uh, from the Meadowlands or whatever it was called at the time uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, you got Edge taking on Triple H for the uh, WWE title. You got JBL versus uh, Cena in a New York City parking lot brawl. Uh, you got Punk taking on Batista for the World Heavyweight title. You got Jericho and Michaels in the middle of their program. Uh, Mark Henry versus Tom Dreamer for the ECW title. This is where Colin Delaney turns heel on Tommy Dreamer. <gasps> yes. Well, that's interesting. But something bigger happens on this show. Something that would go on uh, to change professional wrestling and podcasting forever. 
in his neck of the woods. The big man full of biscuits and gravy, and that train is rolling tonight. A flying biscuit, JR. Not the flying biscuit. That guy should shave his head and grow a beard. This is a big, powerful man. Look at that. The tag made. Here we go. Oh, what's this? Oh, oh man, they were just about to go over that rocket launcher. And don't tell me. Expertly move. Expertly move. Quite possibly one of the greatest days in tag team history. forget that they weren't tag champs as the edge heads. I don't know why I, my mind I pictured like edge as world champ and them as tag champs at all looking like edge, but you know, right. we're not far away from it, but no, no, like they, so they are technically still the edge heads because they are still part of like, um, La Familia, La Familia, but like they've gone away obviously from having the exact look like edge has with the gear and everything else like that. That didn't last as long as you remember, because you have to remember, they debuted at WrestleMania this year that we're talking in 2008. And then probably like, you know, what are we like three months from there? They already have like their own looks and everything like that, you know? Yeah, Brosie starts wearing trunks while Hawkins stays in the long boys, you know? Yeah. And, and a rare instance where like it's two hometown guys and WWE like lets them win the titles on a pay-per-view <laughs> in their hometown, like... It was far and few between, but, like, at the time in 2008, like, nobody knew, you know, Hawkins was just a dude, and Broski wasn't, like, Broski yet, he was just a dude, right? Yeah. Um, Well, I think, I think as far as the hometown thing, they weren't important enough for Vince to know that they were from New York. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, it slipped under the radar, you know? Like, if they were around, they were only in the company for, you know, they were the majors, but, like, they were only Hawkins and Ryder, as you said, for, like, less than six months. So, Vince was just like, whatever, put it on the edge, kids, you know? Right. And, and, you know, whenever we watch, like, archival footage like this, it's always so odd to see Broski with long hair. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. At least he has a full head of short hair now. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to. Yeah, okay. He does. Sure. Yeah. Full, <laughs> thick, luxurious hair. Yes. All natural. All natural everywhere, mm, from best right. I can tell. You know? <laughs> and Adam, also on this day in wrestling history, five years ago today, was the first ever LVAC show. Oh, I wasn't at that one. Right. I I think you and I would get hooked up to do the podcast about a month or so later. That seems about right. I actually just had a Facebook notification today uh, for like a this day in, in history type thing. And in I don't Adam know if it was, history. Yes, this day in Adam history. I don't know if it was the anniversary of the show or just when I uploaded the picture to Facebook. You know, sometimes you do it like the next day or whatever. But it was the first picture of myself and the boar from my first LVAC show, which was that sweet summer heat show. 
Ah, uh, yes. Thousand degree circles. Yes. But yeah, so that was maybe four years ago. Okay. I think it said. So that that probably tracks, you know. I can but, grab the notebook and start thumbing through. <laughs> I I am actually curious who was on the first LVAC show. All right, so. This is a show that was not recorded. It was not video recorded, right? Um, Mantis had the idea that we would just do it as audio and upload it to like some tradio site or something. Put it like press a vinyl or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Mantis is, <laughs> he's got some ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, but okay, so yeah, you're very okay. So let me just kind of put this into perspective here. We'll get to the first LVAC show, but the show that you're talking about today is the 20th, five years ago. The 19th, yesterday, as we record this, was four years ago of that show that you went to. All right, makes perfect sense. Then, yeah, I just probably the next day uploaded the photos, right? Right, um, that, yeah, so uh, so this show, like I said, not recorded for video, excuse me. Um, we had an opening scramble match of Razorhawk, Big Dan, Havoc, Billy Avery, Chris Worthless, and Dragonfly. Okay, a lot of familiar names there. Yes. Uh, next we had Delmi Exo taking on Riley Shepard. Okay. We had the Weird World of uh Evan. Where I was it? Uh, Worldwide and uh, Weird Body. Taking on Puff and OC. <laughs> Whatever happened to that OC guy? He's never around anymore. Yeah, he's he's taking care of business. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, then we had Kevin Blackwood taking on Juan Francisco de Coronado. Mm-hmm. And the main event multi-person match was a uh, Hollow Wicked, Ashley Vox, Cobalt, and Murloc taking on Dasher, still as Dasher, Mantis, Kodama, and Willow Nightingale. Okay, whatever happened to that Willow Nightingale? She hasn't been around in a while. Yeah, she, well, listen, she was around last year, you know? Yeah, last Steel Stacks, but, you know. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Five years they've been kicking around doing shows, you know? Started as, like, two the first year, and it, like, and it just kind of kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing, and, you know, it's it's pretty cool to, you know, be part of something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the weather, they'd be running an AIW-type summer schedule. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> AIW is running a very ambitious schedule. They're they're maniacs out there, you know. Yeah, but no, I just it, it as you said, like used to go three, four months, five months, six months, you know, between shows, and you know, there's almost three in three months. Yeah, and we'll we'll give them their actual plugs and show notes a little bit later on. But uh, let's enough of the history stuff. Let's get into uh, what you'd like to talk about from the last week of professional wrestling, Adam. All right. Well, I'll just since we just started talking about it a few seconds ago, I'll stay on topic and I'm going to I'm going to bring up a tab on my computer here, Joe. And uh, oh. MiriamWebster.com <laughs> defines betrayal as the act of betraying someone or something t- or the fact of being betrayed violation of a person's trust or confidence of a moral standard. Dictionaries are weird, man. But anyways, the reason I bring that up is because at Absolution this past week, uh, just an unforgivable betrayal happened. And that was 
Broski had number one and Broski had number two, Philly and Marino, turning their back on the world champion of AIW, turning their back on the fans that all paid good money to go to the shrine to see Broski retain the belt. And, and obviously an unprovoked attack. Uh, Broski was just trying to wrestle a clean match. The PME betrayed him, leading to Isaiah Broner becoming the new absolute champion. And obviously this is all a bit. Congratulations to Broner. Uh, that was awesome to see him win. I had my doubts. I listened to the card is going to change. I was one of the guys that Thorne uh, would have mentioned where he said a lot of people probably thought that maybe Broski would come out of that with the win. I didn't know for sure. Like I, I kind of was like 60-40 thinking Broner was going to win, but I was happy that he did win. And I'm also happy, uh, no disrespect to Derek, but I'm happy to see Maserati win the intense title. Uh, much deserved for that, but... I won't go down, up and down the show. That is for other podcasts to do. But, like, I really enjoyed Absorption <laughs> 16 this week. Uh, yeah, definitely a great show, top to bottom. Make sure to listen to uh, Card is going to change this week with uh, Ronald Two Legs and John Thorne. Um, you know, great stories always coming out of that. And I know they recorded some behind-the-scenes stuff for some return folks. Um, I know they're going to try to get some people to sit down, but it's, like, onward and upward. This is their WrestleMania. This is like kind of their card reset. Um, you know, new storylines beginning, uh, big chapter moments happening. And uh, if you didn't watch it live, go check out the replay on Fight Plus. Yeah. No, it was a fun show. And uh, goddamn, Ziggy and JB, just they love the business so much. Right. <laughs> So, so, so much. Uh, look at photos of either one of them. They may John Moxley gets squeamish when he looks at those photos. So I, um, you know, obviously because I'm sitting here, a lot of times if a podcast is also on YouTube these days, I'll pull it up on YouTube and just watch it there, you know? And mm. the still image for the AIW podcast this week is one of the many shots of Ziggy, just a complete mess. Yeah. And my kid came in the office while I have that up and he's like, what are you watching? I go, I'm listening to something. <laughs> I get him with his own semantics, you know? Yeah. Um, I go, no, I got just this still image for the show. I go, you know, she got busted open this past weekend. And he goes, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> he's, he's right, but he's also wrong, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's a cool kind of disgusting. It's yeah. not a disgusting type of disgusting like we'll get to later on when we talk about uh, uh, Abby, you know? <laughs> Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, I know where you were going with that one because I was going to go to, we're talking about bloodletting. Let's talk about blood and guts letting uh, from this past Wednesday. Uh, if you believe the internet, maybe the most divisive match in AEW history, and that covers quite a bit of ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, obviously people, you know, up in arms over it for a variety of reasons. People saying it's the best match ever for a variety of reasons. And I just find it so funny that it's a match that's so polarizing. And I thought it was a very good television match. And I could nitpick and pick apart any match. There was definitely things I didn't like about the match, but there were more things that I liked about the match than didn't like about the match. Um, I, I know one of a lot of people's big sticking points is where your fandom or relative knowledge of Kota Ibushi comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I had my picture in the ring with him at a Chikara show when he was in, 
Um, you know, I'm not as familiar with his work as, say, literally anyone else in the match. Um, but the big, you know, bit for me was the bed of nails being introduced into an a an AEW match. Uh, oh, yeah. So what a, what a crazy thing to even think about. Um, it's one of the few gimmick things that has such a small window for you to play with uh, without getting, like, serious injury. And I'll never forget when they first do the spot and they have it set up. And you've seen it. It's gift. It's whatever. You watch the match, whatever. Um, Moxley goes to whip Kenny into it. Uh, Kenny gets the foot up, stops. Moxley charges in, pushes Kenny into it. Kenny goes down to sell, but because it's a piece of wood with thousands of nails in it, the momentum of Kenny hitting it bounces it into the ropes and it falls forward. And as Kenny's taking the bump off the nails and he's like, oh, and I'm selling, the <laughs> thing comes in, like clips him in the shoulder. And then Kenny stops selling. He's like, oh, I'm hurt for real now, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God. It was so, like, I screamed when that happened. Cause like, that's crazy stuff that those guys are messing with. And like I said, overall, I thought it was a really, really good match. And you know, the way that the finish ended up happening um, I really think that was supposed to be Eddie in the Pac spot, if you will. Okay. Yeah, um, I can see that. The way that, like, Tony Khan talked about in the press conference beforehand, setting up the weekend of stuff. Um, the way that, like, out of nowhere, there was, like, beef between Pac and Claudio in the match. Um, and what's getting set up for this Friday regarding those two players. Um, Tony Khan even mentioned that there was thought of trying to work out in the schedule of the G1 to fly Eddie back to do the match on Wednesday, do the match on Friday, and then fly back so he could finish up the G1. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. And again, it's all these people that are like, oh man, they're fucking Eddie around and everything else like that. No, hey, Tony Khan loves Eddie Kingston, as he should, right? Yeah. And it's just scheduling things, it's injuries things, it's timing things. You know, when a guy loses on TV or a guy's not on TV for a period of time, unless you're that guy or the guy in charge, you don't know everything, you know? Yeah. And I'd like it if they just to stay on Eddie Kingston for a second. I'd like it if they showed some Eddie Kingston footage or anybody that's, you know, involved in the G1 that has recent association with AEW just to kind of like, I don't know if they have the rights to do it, but even just a, hey, here's here's a, a 30-second vignette of what Eddie Kingston's been up to. You know, we um, didn't forget about him. I know, you know, obviously they showed him, you know, last week they show, or, week, or a week or two ago, whatever it was. Um, They showed him, they showed Eddie winning the, uh, the, the strong title. They showed that on Dynamite, oh. right? Yeah. Um, and I know last week, either on Rampage or Collision, they put up a graphic and said, like, hey, Eddie's taking on Shingo in the G1. You should go watch it. Because I think um, the first night that Eddie was in was on, was free on New Japan World. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. So they're doing what they can. No, I got you. I'm just saying you always want more. Plus, uh, you know, not, it's kind of hard sometimes to find that stuff. It right. gets copyright striked right off of Twitter a lot of time and whatever. But uh, as far as the blood and guts, I really enjoyed it. Um, I can. The only thing I would nitpick is Abushi 
uh, really didn't do himself any favors. You know, like I, he did not look impressive in that ring. There was a lot of weird missed spots that uh, were, dare I say, egregious. But and and I saw the thing like of him after the show went off the air, just taking like, cause he like, look at me, I'm a crazy man. I'm just gonna take an intentional back bump into the tax mm-hmm. because I just feel like doing it. Which on one hand, hey, that's cool. You're hardcore. You're hardcore. But on the other hand, it kind of devalues at least to the people in the arena, uh, the intensity of taking a tax spot, because it's like, Hey, if I'm willing to take one voluntarily, how bad can it be when my opponent puts me through it? But again, that's just me nitpicking. And the fact that at the end of the day, the elite wins, which is fine, but they win with a, a five on three advantage, which is just kind of weird for like the plucky baby faces overcoming the adversity of a five on three advantage kind of seemed odd. But overall, like, I really enjoyed the match. I love the fact that it went for an hour. Uh, I feel bad that Wheeler Uta, a lot of his awesome spots when he first came into the match were in picture and picture. But it is what it is. And the bed of nails thing, as you mentioned, it's it's such a fine line between, like, all right, we're going to do this 100% safe. But also, if we fuck it up, somebody could die. And that makes me really nervous. And, like, you know, it's like, oh, a table spot. Oh, a chair spot. Tax. Sugar glass. Whatever. But, like, that kind of stuff, I'm just, like, like, I almost feel like the safety police for a split second. Because I'm, I'm, like, could we have done something else? But at the same time, I'm, like, all right, if they're willing to do it, that's on them. I'm just going to maybe watch it through, like, my fingers for a second, you know? There you go. But yeah, no, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with AEW, and I'm going to talk about the actual best thing to happen on AEW <laughs> this week, Joe. And no, 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 I'm not talking about Jack Perry beating Hook for the FTW belt. I'm talking about matching gear, matching jackets, a mashup theme song, Max getting his hug, a dance-off, and MJF finding the courage to make a dive. Joe, if it was just that, it would have been the best night of television in the history of man. But we got the double fucking clothesline. Uh, Obviously, there was a little bit of misunderstanding after the match regarding the world title. I'm sure that was nothing. Uh, I'm sure that will not lead to Max just getting jealous and turning on Adam Cole, which would absolutely suck. But I, I loved all of that. I feel like, I hope, I hope, I hope we get them, that they beat FTR next week and we get a little bit of them running as tag champs. But man, I talked last week about when we get that payoff, it's going to be huge. And we got so many payoffs in this, this like one match. It was awesome. I loved it. I legit loved it. Yeah, it was a really good fun match. And I'm glad they decided to do a match like that when they knew that you have like this storyline match with uh jungle boy and hook, you have the big blow off multi-person cage match deal. Um, and to do a match where like four guys just get kind of get to fuck around on live TV. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. Um, all four guys played their parts impeccably. Um, I wish they didn't do the tease with MJF and Cole at the end. Yeah, but, too soon. You know, too soon, listen, you know? I'm not in charge. Uh, and I said on Twitter, you know, what's it going to be like when these outsiders uh, from Dynamite show up on Collision next weekend? A completely different show with a completely different vibe. 
Oh, my goodness. How are the different fans that only go to Collision <laughs> going to take to these people that they've never seen before? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a collider. A lot of people out there staking their claim as being a collider. I, I think I'm, like, just from the looks, I mean, a lot of people are on both shows, obviously. And I'm like, all right, Orange Cassidy is more of a rampager, you know, and, so, and a dynamiter. Uh, and I'm like... Eddie Kingston was wherever the Blackpool Combat Club was, and that's Danielson, that's it's Claudio, that's Mox. They're all awesome, and they're usually on Wednesdays, so I might be a, a Dynamite or whatever it is. Well, I, I heard people online say that Dynamite is the show for babies. Well, those people probably go to Twice concerts. That's that's true. Um, but I don't know. I don't see no babies messing around with, like, Bed of Nails and yeah. all sorts of other crazy shit like that, you know? Um, yeah, and I will say, like, I, I legit, like, AEW is the only wrestling that I will make sure to watch, like, at least all the shows that are on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I literally, other than I, I, I wanted to just real quick check out the the tag, the women's tag match uh, on Raw to see Chelsea win the belt. You know, congrats to Chelsea and, and Sonya. But um, beyond that, I fast forwarded through all of Raw and SmackDown. But there was six hours of AEW this week. Six hours. And that's normally just one pay-per-view. But no, that was six hours of televised wrestling. And Dynamite, in my mind, was the only, like, enjoyable show. Like, I did not like Rampage. I did not like uh, Collision. And I did not like Battle of the Belts. And I was kind of, like, because I watched them all back to back to back. I, I watched them all, like, Tuesday and Wednesday. And I was kind of down going into Dynamite. Because I was like, man, AEW is just not clicking for me this week. And then Dynamite, I was like, holy shit, from start to finish, I enjoyed that whole show. Like, I even enjoyed uh, Jack Perry beating FTR, beating, not uh, FTR, beating Hook and, like, Taz losing his mind and be like, you better fucking run. Like, Taz is awesome. But I really like Dynamite. I'm an AEW guy, period. I don't make a decision of, like, well, I only watch this show and I only watch that show, like, I don't yeah. know. I'm not that sort of like a tribalism guy. And, you know, I, I still consider myself a WWE fan. I consider myself a wrestling fan. But there's only so much that you could watch in any one given day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. But like I said, I went into Dynamite just being like not feeling it. And I was brought back and I stuck around the whole time, you know? All right. I'm glad that you, you went on such a wild roller coaster in regards to your feelings uh, in regards to AEW, I can't imagine bulk watching, even on Fast Forward, I'm sure you might have Fast Forward through some stuff, um, watching last week's Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, and, and Battle of the Belts, like back to back to back to back, and then, whenever you get a chance to, watching this week's Dynamite, that's just like, I need to space this shit out, you know? Well, no, I didn't watch like last week's Dynamite, I watched, I'm saying this week, so I watched the oh, Friday okay. Night Shows, the Saturday Night Shows, and the Sunday Oh, okay. Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I fast forward through is like the Taya Valkyrie stuff. And now they're turning her baby face, which uh, makes no sense. Nobody wants to cheer for her. Well, they were in her home country last week. Whatever. Oh, can we talk about the fact another reason I didn't like some of the earlier AEW shows? Like, you could say, oh, we're in Bizarro World in Canada. But like. Orange Cassidy was getting, like, shit on by the crowd for beating Lance Archer. And there was a lot of other weird crowd reactions that I don't remember. And it's not like, is Lance Archer Canadian and I forgot about it? No. And they were just, like, really 
big mad that OC won. And I get it. It's like it was a count out, but you got to figure out a way to protect him. He's he's on his deathbed with all these injuries. And, you know, but yeah, that that bothered me. I was like, I, stupid, stupid Canadians. I liked the match with Lance Archer and OC. Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it was at that point as Battle of the Belts was starting. I, I think that those fans were about to start their if not fourth, they're like fourth and a half hour of wrestling. <laughs> and I think they might've just been punchy, you know? Yeah, it's possible. Canadians are supposed to be more polite than that. Mm-hmm. What else do you got, Joe? Anything well, else? I got one last thing, Adam, and we're saving the best for last. There was rumor on Friday uh, leading up to the big show. Not Paul. <laughs> That like, oh my goodness, there's there's talk. They haven't announced a match yet. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, obviously we know the top of the card guys are here. Looks like the middle of the card guys are here. Oh my God, I can't believe this person doesn't have a match. And then SmackDown starts. No graphics get changed. Nothing is announced during the course of the show. Uh, they do... What was it? Rey Mysterio versus Sheamus maybe was the match with Austin Theory on commentary. And then all of a sudden, they hit that music at him and the crowd goes wild. Doesn't even come down to the ring, just in the entrance way. Inserts himself into next week's, which is this week's, four-person, uh, whatever it is, four-corner, fatal four-way, I don't know what the fuck it is, match to see who's going to get the shot. Austin Theory at SummerSlam for the U.S. title, and Adam, that is none other than, and I'm doing the point so you know, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> come along, all of us, all of us together. I've read more L.A. Knight th- think pieces, more history of L.A. Knight, pulled up more archival footage from his Abandoned YouTube page, his brother's abandoned YouTube page. This is a guy that has been busting his ass. He's been grinding for over 20 years to get to this point in professional wrestling. And, you know, I know a lot of the knock on him is that he's 40 years old, but for, or he's going to be 40 this year. That's nothing in wrestling today. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, definitely. You know, when Bob Backlund was making his big comeback to take on Bret Hart for the world title before the heel turn, Bob Backlund at that point was 43 years old, and they were acting like he's going to die tomorrow. <laughs> and wasn't AJ Styles older than LA Knight when he came to WWE? When he right, it was so somebody posted up like the list of like here's like. The active roster, like, here's the oldest to youngest guys mm-hmm. on the active roster. And L.A. Knight is sort of toward, like, the middle bottom of that list, right? Yeah. I think, like, Damian Priest is older than L.A. Knight, you know? Hmm. Um, But he got a segment. You've seen it making the rounds. I know I did it last week where I'm comparing views and YouTube numbers and all this other stuff. It's the only thing that's hitting. It's the Bloodline stuff, and it's LA Knight stuff. It's the only stuff that's doing numbers on WWE's social media, WWE's YouTube page, YouTube shorts, TikTok, all of it. 
And I I don't want to get I don't I listen, I've already worked myself into one shoot, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to work myself into a shoot shoot and like talk myself out of them not doing the right thing with LA Knight. Now, him winning the United States title, do you consider that the right thing? or Because yes. obviously, I feel like in the landscape of WWE, there's, the U.S. title means nothing. Well, you know? it means nothing. Every title means uh, every title means something, and every title means nothing, depending on who's holding that title. Sure. Like, obviously, like, the Intercontinental title means a lot more that, now that Walter has had it for, like, a year plus, but... I get what you're saying. But I'm just saying, like, if the strike while the iron's hot, why not? Why not have him like going after Seth or something like that? Because God knows Balor's not going to get it. Because they're in the middle of a program with you know Seth and Balor. Their their whole big idea was that they had penciled in, and a lot of times the top of the card stuff is that they're going to do Seth as the fake champion against Roman as the actual champion at Survivor Series this week this year, right? Mm-hmm. So that's penciled in. So like neither one of those guys can really lose the belt until that time. And then we can start playing games. And, you know, sometimes people are just not in the plans. And, you know, we, we talked months ago where L.A. Knight was like, you can't have a WrestleMania in Hollywood without L.A. Knight. And he's saying it on TV. And then he's on the pre-show, not even in a match, just cutting a promo. Right. They do end up flying him over to the Saudi blood oil money show so he could be one of the guys that are in the crowd. And then six weeks ago, taped Raw is on or taped SmackDown is on and they pipe in booze on the taped SmackDown for L.A. night and social media was just inundated with people that were there live showing their recordings of what was going on. That the crowd was going wild in a babyface reaction for L.A. Knight. And I think it was at that point that it it took all of that for WWE to finally figure out, like, hey, maybe we got something with this guy. Is this going to be the guy that carries the company of the 22nd century? Probably not. But strike while the iron's hot. Uh, I, I think for the month of June, he was the number six merch mover overall in the company. Now, again, I know you're going to say number six, but we're talking Roman Reigns is number one. Rey Mysterio is number two. Cody. Cody is like Cody's up Seth. there. Yeah. Seth is up there. Hulk Hogan merchandise still moves. NWO merchandise still moves. And they're regularly in the top 10 merch movers. And I'm not talking like they had one item. It's just like their name on an item. Everything sells, right? Yeah. It even was at a point on recent sales that WWE was having, like, you know, like, oh, Raw's, like, Raw's over. If you make an order within the next, like, 24 hours, use this code, you get 25% off your order. For the last two weeks, the LA Night shirts weren't working with that promo code. Mm-hmm. Whether that was a glitch in the system or something like people are buying these and we ain't going to lose money on these. Yeah. I, I remember back when there was all those releases during the pandemic and WWE would do sales um, whenever somebody got released, the those people, those talents, their stuff wouldn't work with the discount codes because yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, I'm going to go out like myself. I'm like, I'm going to go buy an EverRise shirt. And it's like, nope, EverRise doesn't work because we don't want you supporting somebody that, that we just fired, you know? Yeah. 
But uh, I'll just say, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and I'm sure we'll talk about LA Knight maybe a little bit later on in the show in another set. Yeah. Yeah. He's the darling of San Diego Comic-Con. Going to turn that U.S. title into the L.A. title. Yeah. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Uh, Well, Joe, do you have anything else? No, that's all I got. Uh, Are you aware that there is a pay-per-view this weekend? There is. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? Yard. Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? So earlier when I was getting together the the list here, uh, I, I was maybe singing the Does Joe Know the Card theme to myself. Right. And uh, I was like, I, I didn't realize until after I completed the song that I was still saying the big dog's yard. So I was really upset with myself. I have to make that adjustment. But, Joe, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, Ring of Honor has a pay-per-view this weekend, and good luck. There are 12 announced matches, four of which are on the pre-show. Okay. Do you know I don't God? do no pre-show, okay? Uh, I'm going to try, try for the eight, okay? All right. And I'm going to fail, because most of these matches have been announced as we record this within the last three hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I know... Um, we have the main event, Claudio defended the Ring of Honor world title against uh, the man that Gravity forgot, the Bastard Pack. The Bastard. Yes, that's one. The Bastard. <laughs> um, I know we have Athena taking on, uh, defending the Ring of Honor women's title against uh, Willow Nightingale. That is two. There is a four-team match for the Ring of Honor tag titles. I know Aussie Open is in it. Mm-hmm. I know Penta and Ray Fenix are in it because they're the tag team champions. Yeah. I know Chuck Taylor and Trent are in it. Correct. I don't know who the fourth team is. Oh, the Kingdom. The Kingdom. There you go. Yeah. How dare you forget Maria? Uh, well, the Kingdom with Maria. Excuse me. <laughs> Now, those are the ones that were definitely announced before we started, like before the day started, right? Now. And that's what, what, three you got? That's three of the 12, but I'm only doing eight (laughs) because pre-shows aren't real. Yeah. We have The Righteous, which is Vincent, um, Dutch, whatever the hell his Ring of Honor name is, and uh, Stu Grayson taking on Dark Order of Uno, uh, Johnny Silver, and uh, Alex Reynolds. That's correct, and that's very confusing, because isn't Dark Order heels again, and Righteous is heels? That's Ring of Honor, it's different. It's it's a different world, right? Yep, that's four. Uh, They announced Commander versus a person that I'm unaware of whose name is Gravity. He was supposed to give Pack a ride to the show, but he forgot. Oh, there you go. Everyone's got their cute little bits with that one, huh? <laughs> I guess. 
Um, but yeah, this is a pay-per-view that ended up kind of just getting like flipped and flopped around because of injuries and all sorts of other things like that. Um, so, hmm. They announced the Ring of Honor six-man tag titles. That's the mogul embassy of Brian Cage. And I always feel so bad for the other two guys. <laughs> Bishop Khan and Toa Leona. There you go. Um, taking on Leon Ruff, yeah. Master Watto, yeah. and Taguchi. Taguchi. I, I know somebody that is a member of Taguchi Japan. Right. He's some would say he's the leader of Taguchi Japan. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's moving hell or high water to try to make it to that show. Um, one can only hope that Taguchi does like more of the tapings and does more stuff this weekend as well. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe because he's not in the G one, he hangs out a little bit longer in the United States and does some more stuff on TV. Yeah. You got and, two more uh, matches. Okay, and Adam, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I don't think I know any of the other matches. Well, one of them was set up in Blood and Guts. Did I not say Claudio versus Pac? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you did. I'm thinking of something else. But we'll, All right. Uh, never mind. I, oh, I, you know I, what? I just so this is one of the ones that I completely forgot about that was announced a long time ago. Um, you mentioned Blood and Guts. I know he wasn't in Blood and Guts. Um, Shibata defending the ROH um, pure title against Daniel Garcia. Yeah, for whatever reason, I had Daniel Garcia in my head as being in the Blackpool Combat Club. That's why I was yeah. just like having okay. a great part there. I was gonna say you fucked me up. Yeah. Um, and one I assume I assume Samoan Joe is on the pay per view, but I have no idea who he's wrestling. He is wrestling Dalton Castle. Smooth sailing Dalton Castle. Oh, there you go. I was going to say smooth sailing, right. Yes. <clears throat> the matches that you forgot or you did not know from the pre-show is Action Andretti and Darius Martin versus the Work Horseman. Okay. Uh, that's those. That's a name I don't know, Work Horseman. Uh, Layla Hirsch versus Trisha Dora. A.R. Fox versus Shane Taylor. And... Uh, and uh, don't tell this person that Joe said pre-shows don't matter. We have Hot Sauce Tracy Williams versus Josh Woods. Oh, that'll be a nice little match. But, you know, pre-shows don't matter. <laughs> um, Just real quick, any predictions? Uh, any title changes? Anything uh, big happening? I could see <clears throat> Willow winning the Ring of Honor women's title. Yeah. I. I could see the kingdom winning the tag titles. Okay. And that's about it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when it comes to the tag titles, I don't care who wins as long as it's not Aussie open. Because, Joe, for the longest time, Australians have come into our country and they've taken our wrestling bookings. They've taken our, our like, other things that we care about and and they snatched them away for their own well-being their own benefit and i think enough is enough and i say just say no to aussie open get them both send them back to australia if that is where they're actually from isn't one of the uh, aussie open boys dating sky blue or something i don't want to talk about it 
All right. All right. <laughs> Um, so it is Friday night. I probably won't be watching it live because I've got a busy podcasting recording schedule this weekend. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like the Ring of Honor pay per views typically deliver. Yeah, um, I mean, it'll they, be solid wrestling if nothing. Yeah, happens. they are missing a lot of key players, but typically everybody that they do put on those pay per views, like really, like bring their like A plus 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 game. And like, I'm just so happy for DJ. I was sitting down eating my dinner. And it came across the uh, news feed uh, that Taguchi was coming to America to wrestle on the Ring of Honor show on less than 24 hours notice. And, like, I can't imagine what DJ is going through. Because I remember a couple of weeks ago when our schedules were much different. I'm like, nah, it's just in Jersey. You know, we can probably get tickets, whatever. And he's like, nah, I got something going on that weekend. I'll catch the pay-per-view on the replay. And then he's like, oh, my God, I need to be at this show. And I busted his chops in. I wonder what changed. He was supposed to go to a concert out of town tonight, but the concert got canceled. And he didn't want to have to be traveling, like, on a Thursday one way and then traveling another way on a Friday. I hope DJ gets his chance, gets his opportunity, uh, gets to see the man that he loves so much live and in living color um hashtag get dj to death before dishonor to meet his hero to gucci uh hashtag let everyone know tweet that at tony khan uh so tony khan sends the private jet over to dj's house <laughs> at uh soon to be named network uh north and uh flies him out to scary jersey i think from where dj lives to where the pay-per-view is is like a 45 minute drive so i think it'll be okay yeah, I don't think that the jet's probably not necessary. Uh, just like backstage access, you know. Right. Make sure it gets, you know. Do a meet and greet. Exactly. Let, Tagu- let Taguchi come back to his house with him. <laughs> yeah, Taguchi yeah. has to stay at the compound. That's soon to be named Network North for the weekend. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so what about you? Any thoughts, any feelings, any anythings on this pay-per-view? Uh, I, I mean, I definitely don't think Claudio is going to lose it to Pack because that's Eddie Kingston's fucking title. So Pack uh, can keep his hands off of it. Um, I do also agree. Willow got to win that belt because, like, you can say, well, she won the Owen Hart Cup. You know, that's a thing, but like, you know, it's not really a huge thing. So I think putting the Ring of Honor belt on her is a, a great stamp of approval. You know, on top of winning the Owen, you know, especially considering the fact she wasn't really supposed to, by all accounts, be the the New Japan Strong Women's Champion. Right. So that was kind of like, uh, oh, hey, you know, you're the champ, but we're going to take it right off of you at the next show. So this would be a, an opportunity oh, uh, to let her run with the belt for a little while. But uh, Samoa Joe ain't losing. He's the king of television. And when it comes to the tag title, like I said, anybody but Aussie Open. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, obviously it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, but I think Willow is kind of in an L.A. Knight-esque position where she is so over with the crowd and it's not someone that they're shoving down anyone's throats. It's someone who is just naturally over, naturally loved by the crowd. No matter what crowd they put her in front of, she gets a fantastic reaction. And why stop that momentum? Why not keep that rolling? You know, I I get you were put into a situation with the last AEW pay-per-view, like whatever your plan is with Tony Storm, and you may not have had any other viable challengers at that time. You got to do what you got to do. That being said, um, yeah, 
push Willow to the moon at this point, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Did you uh, watch Dark Side of the Ring? I did. Uh, we're going to get into Dark Side before we get into uh, phone calls, okay? Yeah, we'll um, do that here. Okay. So uh, I liked it. Um, you know, obviously, Abdullah's story is pretty well known. Um, I wish they talked to Mick Foley more in it, since Mick was partner and opponent with uh, Abdullah in, like, the early 90s in WCW. But, you know, they get the bulk because of the access that they have to members of Abdullah's family and uh, that Hannibal guy. I like I'll just say like obviously no surprise my knowledge of Abdullah the Butcher starts with the uh him getting electrocuted in the 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 electric chair you know in WCW and there's not a ton of other stuff I I didn't realize that he was basically like a pop culture phenom in Japan like I, I liked seeing that archival footage of oh like, yeah all that stuff acting really cool. and being yeah, like yeah. his 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 album basically his his version of the 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 macho man be a man album you know um but like i knew about the hep c stuff i did not know that the hannibal guy like won a lawsuit because abby was found uh not guilty but what is it accountable you know to to pay the 2.3 million dollars i didn't know that hannibal then went on to like viciously viciously brutalize a referee with like a spike like i was like that was kind of weird and then the fact that he also doesn't have hep c anymore because of a experimental procedure to drug whatever uh so all that stuff was very interesting um but at the end of the day it's like i have no sympathy for anybody that's involved in that yeah that's like, because it's like i'm one of the reasons i hate like old old wrestling is i haven't like the whole, like, I'm just going to bully you and I'm going to blade you against your will, whether you like it or not. And then you're in the ring. It we're, we're so far past that now that it almost seems silly. But, like, I hate the fact that people had that mentality even as recently as, like, 20 years ago. It's like, I'm just going to I'm going to have my way with you in the ring because I'm bigger than you or whatever. Or I'm bigger draw than you. It's such a, like, go fuck yourself. I'm glad, that, like, bad things happen to people that do shit like that. Yeah, and and Hannibal definitely is a bad person, and I'm not saying that um, Abby is a good person. I think this was one of those episodes, as you had mentioned, where by the end of it, there were no good guys. Everyone was bad. It was just levels of bad, and who's yeah. done more bad things more recently. Um, I, I had read for years that Hannibal had told people that Abby... Contra contracting him with hepatitis C is what cost him a job with the WWE. And they did show some footage of him doing some dark matches. And I don't think, and again, I always thought that was like a lie. It was him bullshitting. Cause I don't ever recall him being in like developmental or them doing an announcement of like him being signed or anything like that. I definitely think it was like, he was a hopeful and he was doing tryouts and I'm sure somebody who's a little bit more schooled or up to date on the Hannibal lore, which God forbid that is about as scary as a fucking thing as I could even think of um, how close to being in the WWE that he would have been. But I definitely think if, even if he was and he did not contract hepatitis C, I think with the personality that we see on this guy, he would not have been long for the WWE system at the time that this happened. 
Yeah, no, I can see that. And also Tony Atlas, he can fuck all the way off. He was like so far up Abby's butt in this. Like he said, like I've never seen a wrestler that fans were genuinely afraid of. I guess he's never seen Bruiser Brody. Uh, maybe he should ask Abdullah, like whatever happened to that guy? You know, like so much. Like I get it. He was a, a big spectacle, but like to say that like. No, never before, never again has anybody elicited the reaction of Abdullah the Butcher as such revisionist history. Yeah. And it's crazy, too. You know, you'd mentioned the archival footage of him, like, doing commercials and shit in Japan. And, you know, that was a time where, you know, we were supposed to believe that Abdullah the Butcher was a madman from the Sudan, not a Canadian guy with a high squeaky voice. <laughs> and the fact that he's doing like this goofy shit in commercials for Japan, you know, you, you forget that that was a time, you know, the, whether it be the early 80s into the late 80s, even into the early 90s, where you would see celebrities doing commercials for products in Japan under the guise that like, oh, this will never make it to America and it won't tarnish my image. You know, like a Brad Pitt or a Bruce Willis when he was at the height of his powers would do like cigarette commercials or whatever it was that were supposed to be Japan only. And then as the internet slowly starts to become a thing in the mid to late nineties, that stuff starts getting online and people start seeing like, oh, my favorite actor who I'm supposed to believe is like a great thespian and loving the arts is just a sellout like everybody else. <laughs> it just they're making a concerted effort not to sell out here, but to sell out everywhere else. Um, obviously, I, at the, you know, that stuff did, you know, in the early 80s, mid 80s, the Abdullah stuff would have killed his gimmick in the United States and Puerto Rico and all these other places. If any of that stuff from Japan got leaked over here, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say as far as the commercial stuff, it, it, like I remember and it wasn't always like something like cigarettes or something that you could say has negative connotations. I remember like occasionally there'd be TV specials that would be like, oh, here's commercials from overseas or whatever. And it would be like, oh, here's Bruce Willis shilling Magnavox or something like that. Right. And like it was such a foreign concept, as you said, to have a movie star be in a commercial. But nowadays, like if you say that to your kid, he's going to look at you like you're crazy because it's like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson every two seconds is like talking about a credit card and like, it, you know, everybody does voiceovers and whatever, but right. But I get you. It's like, you're not going to have a, a wrestler, you know, go on and just completely overdo their, or completely flip their gimmick, whatever. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Right. And again, I know last week I had said that this past week's episode was supposed to be Batch of the Beach 2000, and that's what it was on the original schedule, and they changed it, and then they changed it again that next week is Bam Bam Bigelow. Huh. So I don't know if they're continuing to move the Batch of the Beach 2001 back. Fingers crossed. Hopefully they decide not to air it, because it'll probably suck. Yeah, I'd rather watch a bad episode of Dark Side of the Ring than no episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Okay, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, so. But maybe they're trying to push it back until hope, hoping that, like, one of the two companies will run a bash at the beach. Or, like, again, maybe they're just trying to vet whatever lie Eric Bischoff and or Vince Russo told that they can get some sort of cooperation on it before <laughs> they go to air with it, you know? Yeah, just put a lot of asterisks on stuff. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, you know. Yeah, run it, run a crawl under everything that Vince <laughs> Russo says. That like this man is a notorious liar, bullshit artist, etc. Yeah. All right, ready for voicemails? Yeah, let's get into some voicemails. 
Hey, yo, it's your boy, the draft show king, the god of this shit, undefeated, never lost. That's right, Ronald Two Legs here. I just had to call in. I heard, you know, your little discussion. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't call in and, uh, you know, defend myself here. But, Adam, Adam, am I the prince? Because yes. you're so old, Aww. and I'm not as old as you. Is that why you're the king? Because Probably you're fucking you're ancient. Younger than uh, no, I'm just kidding, buddy. But yeah, uh, I did beat you. You can tell anyone from the roof screaming from the rooftops all you like that you that you won that show. But everyone knows, you know the ten, fifteen people that listen to it. We all know who the real winner is. It's fine. Don't worry. You can say whatever you want. But yeah, I just had to call in. Uh, I guess I could I could add Prince to the moniker now. You know, Prince Draft Show Prince. That's fine. Prince, you know, that's not bad. The Prince was a pretty cool guy. Uh, you know, uh, I call your uh, your fucking hero uh, Cardona Broski. That's why I call him the Spearmint Prince because he always fucking <laughs> sprays spearmint oil all over himself. But anyways, I'm getting into a rant here. You know, and keep keep it moving here. But uh, yeah, great show. Uh, on my way to Absolution. Uh, Check us out on Fight Plus if you can't make it. See you later. Bye now. All right. I so feel like that call was supposed to be last week, but go on. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so you make a great point. So uh, we'll, we'll get because Pat calls back in, right? Oh, oh, let me correct myself. He he was listening to it Friday after listening to our show, so it was an early call. Right, exactly. He, I think, he, actually, he called in sat. That call was Saturday afternoon. Okay. Okay. And then he calls back 10 minutes later. <laughs> hey, yo, it's your boy uh, calling back again. The Prince of Draft Show Kings. Uh, just had to call back real quick. Um, wanted to say thank you to Adam the King. I uh, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for it's your vote bad. and uh, your correct opinion. Um, Joe, I wasn't able to leave the room. Uh, I'm driving a car, so I couldn't leave the room. <laughs> I probably could have turned the, turned the volume down. But I chose to uh, to hear the cold hard truth, and that's apparently that you thought I should not have won, that Ed should have won. That's right. Um, and I guess all I really have to say is maybe you should have voted for him, and he wouldn't have lost by like fucking forty percent. All right, <laughs> just a thought. Um, but anyways, uh, that was all I had. Oh, Ed, uh, since we talked through this podcast, as, as, you know, like our thing, I just wanted to let you know I listened to the beginning of this month's high Bussy, but. I can't I can't drive around uh, with like a siren playing in the background. That was just fucking freaking me out the whole time. I kept thinking there was a cop behind me. So uh, maybe I'll listen to it another time when I'm not driving a car. Uh, so yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, yep. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you, Adam and uh, Joe. Sorry you were wrong. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Clearly, battle lines are being drawn amongst the former members of Pod Van Dam. Like Ed is firmly in uh, the Joe Sposto camp. That that's like a no doubter, and everybody knows that. But your inability to vote for for Ronald Two Legs on the draft show uh, means that I do inherit by default the Prince, of, the draft show Prince. He's on. He's on Team Vansky. So uh, Hayabusi is less a podcast and more of a multimedia experience <laughs> than really anything else. Um, and I just want to kind of clarify as well. I thought it was funny that Pat called in twice because he had texted me. Remember last week he wanted to call in during the show? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a pain in the ass. You know, we got to stop the Skype recording because like there's like we're recording with two people on. And if we go into a third person, it fucks things up. So it's like I have to stop the recording, start up a new recording with the three people on it. Then when Pat leaves, stop that. And then, re, you know, 
And Pat texted me and goes, no, no, no. What I wanted you to do was I was going to just call you on your personal line and you were going to hold the phone up to the microphone. <laughs> and I'm just, and I didn't even reply to him. I'm like, what the fuck kind of show are we run in here, right? Yeah, who would play something on their phone and put it up to a microphone? That's Bush League. I would I, never on this show. I'll give you for a clip or yeah. like something silly like that. But like someone who's going to call in and rebut what we're talking about live on the air. Yeah, no, I got make you. no sense, man. Yeah. All I right. think some of that hair dye that I saw Ronald have when they oh. showed backstage might have seeped into his brain, you know? Mm. Next call. Hi, guys. It's Arthur MacArthur, the strongest man in all the land. And I'm going to have to address something here. And I I would have made a post about it, but I don't feel like I'm, I don't know, there's really no need to make a giant, like, sappy nose app thing or whatever. So I'll just say it here. I got to tell Adam because I'm afraid he's about to be needing to find a real job here. Um, As it stands, um, for the foreseeable future, until things change in my life, it is going to be a wrestling world without the strongest man in all the land. Um, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the details, but I will be on a bit of a hiatus. I won't be wrestling for the foreseeable future. Well, actually, that's a lie. I have one more match, at least obligated to, for old, old wrestling in August, August 27th, I believe. But other than that, I'll be taking a nice little hiatus. I'm not retiring. No, no, no. I'm not doing all that. I'm not going to Terry Funk it, you know? I'm just going to be straight up with you. Uh, real life has kind of taken its precedent with me right now. Um, and I got to refine that passion. But I just want to say for everyone, no matter who you are, whether you like me or didn't like me, thank you. Thank you for all the memories. And I'll be seeing you very soon. We'll, we'll see. And you guys, well, you haven't got rid of me. I'm still calling in. But I just wanted to say that. And Adam, like I said, you're gonna to have to find a new job, buddy. Uh, I don't. Your services of being my double are no longer required, at least for now. Like I said, I will be back. I just don't know when. But that's all I got. You guys have a great weekend, and you guys love you to death. Goodbye. I, I just have to say, first of all, I mean, I'm a little ashamed that Artie said this on the air because this was a big opportunity where I could have just like took his place until he was ready to come back. Nobody would have been the wiser. I would have cut him in and like it would have been flawless. And then when he comes back, you know, we do a thing where I disappear. I would have been a fake diesel, basically. Uh, But hey, you know what? I'm happy if you're happy, buddy. You know, you got to take a step away and take care of some shit, you know. Come on back bigger and stronger if that's even possible. I don't think it is in his case, you know. Yeah, and you know, obviously after the show at Absolution this past weekend, I noticed already had changed his Twitter picture and he changed his profile. Like he changed what was in his profile and he sent out some cryptic tweets and stuff. And listen, I'm, I'm not as close as are with Artie as you are, you know, obviously, you know, you guys have a different bond. Um, but I reached out to him. and just checked it to make sure everything was okay. And he said, everything was, um, and he kind of intimated a lot of what he said on the call. And, you know, I'm not going to say that me reaching out to him prompted him to call in, but I'll pretend that it did. And uh, Artie was a great dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know early in the show, um, I would kind of say, like, why did Dom and Derek give him a hard time? But they wouldn't give him a hard time if they didn't love him and they didn't see something in him. 
And I'd like to think that a lot of our fans and AIW fans and, you know, and I'll even go as far as to say like John Thorne in general as well, probably saw a lot in Artie and knew that he could achieve. And listen, we all need to take a break sometimes, no matter what it is that you do. Wrestling is a very physical, uh, taxing uh, business, sport, whatever you want to call professional wrestling. Um, and I say to Artie, you do whatever you got to do, my man. Um, you know, you will always have a place calling into the show. Um, I hope that I get a chance to see you somewhere down the line in any capacity. Now, that being said, uh, Adam, you say fake Diesel. I say fake Undertaker. They yeah. bring you in to AIW as evil Artie. <laughs> and they just act like, well, Artie left. But then the heels, like the Duke is like, no, I paid Artie off. And now Artie's with us. And uh, uh, Cash is King, uh, which is the name of their new group now. So now you have the evil Arthur MacArthur, who is not motivated by feats of strengths or the adulation of the fans, but by the almighty dollar. Then we hire whoever today's equivalent of Leslie Nielsen is, well, let's say Magnum <laughs> CK, to get onto the case to find the real Arthur MacArthur. Then we build up a match at next year's Absolution of first time, last time ever, Artie MacArthur versus Arthur MacArthur. Uh, and then you got about a year to start training out to be a wrestler, Adam. Um, <laughs> I, I could fake it. I'll, I'll get squashed. I don't care. Okay. Oh, we, we're going to have to cut all this out and send this over to Thorne. This cannot be aired for public. We're, we're just, there's too much money on the table here. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Thorne usually, usually doesn't like my dumb ideas. It's okay. <laughs> I think we're safe. Oh, all right. That, that's not good. That, that's the opposite of being safe. I want to, like, this is all a money idea. Damn it. All right, all never right. mind. Next call. Hey guys, it's Ben Pasco, and man, what a week in the world of wrestling. I am, of course, talking about the announcement that Creed, Vertical Horizon, Three Doors Down, and the Legends of Butt Rock are going on a cruise. That leads to this week's question. What is the worst band you think you want to go on a cruise for? Because like 10% of me is just like, I want to go as a bit, and 5% of me is just like, not as a bit. And 85% of me is like, this is a terrible idea. I don't want to be around these people. So what is the worst band you think you could stomach spending a week on a cruise seeing? Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. So I saw this thing. It says, I'm Googling it right now, Summer of 99 Cruise. Right. Uh, so I've gone on record before. Like I don't like going to concerts, um, and I'm not a big music guy, but – he mentions Creed and like I back in like 99 I really I, I liked Creed and like so did mostly everybody so like I they didn't sell like a billion records for being like terrible they were like appropriately decent at the time but like I'm trying to find out like I heard there's a bunch of other bands that they announced that people were like haha can you believe that like Fuel is on it or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I like Fuel. Here we go. Tonic, they were cool. Tantric, they're, they're good. Three Doors Down. Like, I like Three Doors Down. Like, fuck it. I, would, I don't like cruises, and I certainly don't like the people that would go on a cruise to see, like, bands. But, okay. like, I would, I, would, I would like this. I would watch this show. So, uh, I'm with you for Three Doors Down. I'm with you for Tonic. I'm with you for Fuel. I'm with you for the Verve Pipe. That was my jam back in the day. I'm with you for Tantric. I'm with you for Dishwalla. 
Um, now it says Louise Post of Veruca Salt. If it was the whole group of Veruca Salt, maybe I don't. I'm not familiar with Louise Post's solo work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. This sounds like a really good cruise. I don't know. Like, again, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to be on a like a, an entire boat full of people who also think it's a good idea. Right. But you know, like I think that if this was up at Montage Mountain, I would go to this show. Yeah. And that's me. This, and that's me hating concerts and generally not liking music or listening to music anymore. But I would go to this. Find out the, the set list and like, oh, like the bands I don't like are opening up. All right, I'll show up a little late, you know. But but Ben's question is like, who's the band that like you would kind of hate yourself that you're like? Oh, see, no. I took it as like, oh, it's an embarrassing band, and I'm like, well, oh. Creed's an embarrassing band in 2023. Um, did I hate myself? Well, why would I go to it? If, like, I, like I could say twice, I'd fucking hate myself if I oh, went to my a goodness. twice concert. Uh, <laughs> I see what's on your screen. You gonna announce it? Well, what I was gonna say was the 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 one that I would want to go on and hate myself for going on would be the cruise for the band that performs this song. I didn't know it was gonna have this intro because it doesn't have this intro for his. Yeah. The idea of a wrestling. Rock and Roll Rager Cruise sounds both like a living hellscape and an awesome time at the same time. Yeah, like, seeing the the various different indie wrestling and, like, drinking and stuff like that would be entertaining. But again, like you mentioned, it's like you're stuck on a boat with a bunch of other people that that also enjoy indie wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of Judas with that weird intro. Uh, yes, the AEW one starts with like the hard like whatever. Yeah. Um, when myself, Brett and DJ and our buddy Dave went to GCW for homecoming three years ago, when they tried to do the bit where at the time Moxley was feuding with uh, or not Moxley, uh, whatever it was. Oh, Nick Gage was supposed to show up on dynamite to fight Jericho or as a, like a associate with Jericho to go against Moxley. It's all fuzzy, but the point was they did a fake out where they were like, they played Judas to let it make us think, Oh, Jericho's here. But they did that version. You just played where it had the the (laughs) long entrance or the beginning of it. So we were all like, what is that? Like, what music is that? And then it hits. They're like, oh, Judas. And, like, Brett's, like, <laughs> jumping up and down. Because <laughs> as much as we all, like, want to dunk on Jericho, like, if we saw Jericho at, like, an indie show, that would have been awesome. But anyways, that's a rant. Yeah. Thank you for your call, Ben. Yes. Next call. Joe and Adam, it's the other JB here. What did I tell you? Um, Hook, just a, just a bit of a punk, knew that that if he had any chance of holding on to that FTW title, then he'd have to be keeping me from the winner's box. Getting me out of commission before um, trying to pick up the scraps. Just a, just a little bit of a punk that way, but it doesn't matter because I've got a title and I've got a new job um, all on the same day too. So would you look at that? Anyways, um, Speaking of opportunists, like like Hook, um, I have to ask the question that um, everyone in 
my age range ass of others. Um, what are some matches from Edge that y'all enjoy? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he goes into the category of people that are overrepresented in uh, fans of people in my age range. So just uh, mm-hmm. let me know. Anyways, bye. I mean, just his age range? What's with everybody else? They all don't like Edge? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Crickets on that one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know if uh, we should refer to other JB as uh, a parody slash analog of Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy is dead and it's Jack Perry now. Right. And uh, I think oh. JB put the photo shoot up uh, this past weekend of them dressed up like Mr. Hitman in the denim uh, with the nice scenic view behind them. And I think uh, I think JB pulls off just as good as a Mr. Hitman uh, as they do of a uh, Jack Perry. Hmm. Would you, uh, other JB, let us know if you're willing to refer to yourself as the other JP. JP re- Sorrow? No, 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 not him. <laughs> who, who are you talking about? Like Jack Perry, the other Oh, JP. the other J. Okay, there you go. Yes, anyways. Uh, edge matches. Okay, so I'm thinking more Edge singles matches than anything else, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you'd be see- like, oh, TLC1, TLC2. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Edge and Christian stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so you got the match that he had uh, Foley at WrestleMania, like that crazy hardcore match that they did. I think that's up there. Yeah. Um, I like the program that he did. I think it would have been 2002. Um, leading up to, like, King of the Ring uh, with Kurt Angle. Uh, culminating in the hair versus hair match where he shaves Kurt's head. Okay. Uh, I think they did two pay-per-view matches, and I think both of those are really good. Um, and I think those really kind of helped boost Edge up a bit to get him to the next level. Now, the era that a lot of folks JB's age would like for Edge was definitely not the era of Edge that I was watching or liked or cared about or any of it. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's another one that jumps out at me and like outside of the Foley match and outside of the matches with Kurt, I can't really think of anything else. Hmm. Well, certainly not the Orton match at mania, the, the, like the, the brawl that was at the COVID mania. That was probably one of the worst things I've ever had to watch in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Um, Edge's return, like this current return, kind of sucks. Now, do you blame him or do you blame just the people that he's been put in to work with? Like maybe they're not maximizing like – and maybe it's not even the people. It's like the the, the bookers, the writers, the producers, Vince, Paul, uh, Triple H, whatever. I- I think no. it's everything. I think Edge has like Edge is being treated as a returning legend, so he's being given a lot of leeway to kind of pick his shots and pick who he wants to work with. And I think the guys that he's picking, he doesn't have co- chemistry with uh, in the slightest. And I think creative is letting Edge do whatever he wants. Um, and it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and like I, I've said this many times, like I can't believe. That if you told me three years ago, four years ago, that Edge would be wrestling on TV and I just would not give a crap, yeah. <laughs> I would have called you a liar. But here we are. 
And I think sometime in 2002, I don't think it was on a pay-per-view. It might have just been on a SmackDown. I remember Edge having a really good singles match with Eddie Guerrero. It might have been a ladder match for some reason. Um, But, like, again, and that's not a knock on Edge because Edge is, like, a perfectly acceptable WWE sports entertainer. But the matches that I think of are, like, oh, it's him versus Eddie Guerrero, him versus Kurt Angle, him versus... McFoley, and I'm like, of course you're gonna have good matches with those people. Those people typically don't have bad matches. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, other JP. I'm gonna update it on the soundboard for next week. <laughs> All right, next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, are we doing to show know the card for Ring of Honor? Probably not. Yes. They just announced the main event like a couple hours ago. Anyways, uh, we have a writer strike going on. We have an acting strike going on. We have a lot of shady stuff that studios and billionaires are doing to just be rude to all of them and make it like more difficult. What all they really want is their fair share. But one of the, one of the comments and the takes I saw about this is uh, people expecting wrestling to go up in ratings and and attendance and uh, raise up in the public eye because it's at least new content. You're not going to have new TV shows, new other things, but wrestling doesn't count, so you'll still have new episodes every week, no matter how long the strike lasts. It's a very good thought, a very good point. (laughs) However, and that's definitely giving you a cough. Um, I don't think either of your big two wrestling companies um, would take advantage of it. Not that they don't take advantage of things, but honestly, I don't see them being smart enough to take advantage of this and change up their advertising. Hey, we're brand new Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, every day of the week. Here's brand new wrestling from one of these companies. You know, you miss drama, you miss romance, miss excitement, miss adventure, whatever. We got it all. Like you could have a brilliant advertising blitz across multiple channels, bring new attention. They're, they're not going to do it. It's never going to happen. But do you see any possibility that wrestling increases in ratings, viewership, uh, public perception, public knowledge, you know, uh, a, a new attitude era level of it due to the ongoing strikes? All I got for you this week, guys, let's watch a bunch of wrestling this weekend. Meet back here next week. Oh, let's discuss shutter speed later on tonight on the Patreon. There you go. Nice plug. Um, I'll answer this real quick and say, absolutely not. I do not think, like, let's say this strike goes on for a little while, you know, whatever, three months, six months. I do not think that a single person who was not watching wrestling prior to the strike will be watching wrestling during the strike or after the strike. I do not think it will gain, like, attitude level fandom because they don't have movies or new TV shows. What I can conceivably say or see happening is like, let's say TNT or Warner uh, or USA or whatever is like, hey, we don't have, uh, you know, our regular shows to air. So, hey, Tony Khan, hey, Vince McMahon, would you like another night of television for the next six months or whatever? And that would give existing wrestling fans more content 
and therefore, I guess, give those companies more ratings, you know, because it's like, hey, you're an AEW fan. Here's another night of TV on, on TNT. But would that actually mean that new people are watching wrestling? No, it just means that n- maybe new people are watching TNT on Tuesday nights that weren't watching it before because all of a sudden AEW shows on Tuesdays. You know, that's what I say. Hmm. So strangely, I disagree with both of you. So WWE attendance and ratings have been raising and skyrocketing for the last two months, right? Um, Obviously, the way that they book their shows out is, as we speak now, they are booking venues and buildings for two months from now, okay? WWE. Uh, AEW is another story. AEW, unfortunately, I'm not going to... I think they're not going to see much movement more or less than whatever was going on, right? It's going to be a case-by-case, week-by-week, whatever basis, okay? I think you are going to see the ratings go up, more people watching wrestling. And it's not going to be like, oh, well, I can't get new episodes of X. I'm going to try this brand-new World Wrestling Entertainment thing. It's going to be them getting lapsed fans back into things. Um, But like I said, house show attendance... TV attendance, pay-per-view attendance for WWE has been on the rise over these last two months. And they've only... I'm going to stop you there and be like, what does WWE's attendance and numbers going on the rise the last two months have to do with anything, though? Because it's not like the last two months, we, the consumer, have been feeling the effects of this strike. We have not. Because there's there's still new shows on streaming, on network, movies in the theaters, all that stuff. So... If there's been a spike over the last two months, it's only because of one person, and that person's L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. Not joking. Like it, 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 you could say, well, they're riding a wave. Yes. But again, that has nothing to do with the strike. Okay, but, but I'm I'm laying the groundwork for okay. they're booking these buildings that are two months out, and the buildings that they're booking for TV are buildings that are topping out at about ten to twelve thousand for TV for the most part, closer to ten less than 12 right uh but i could see the longer this strike goes out when they book for the next two month cycle well let's go for the 12 to 15 buildings for tv and then see how that goes because we've already shown that we could very quickly set off the 10 to 12 like the 10 to 12 so let's see if we can do the 12 to 15s and you're not going to see anything so direct from WWE coming right out and saying Hey, we're the only game in town. We're the only new programming. It's going to be much more subtle. It's going to be much more covert of them planting that bug or whatever it is to get people to not like to come to them, to stay to them, to try to hook you in with something big. I wouldn't be surprised if they reach out to whomever to try to make more appearances, you know, whether it be your Logan Pauls or other YouTube type celebrities, but they wouldn't have to worry about the SAG after stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see WWE definitely reaping the benefits of this. Now, can they keep the people is another story. So the, 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 the thing that I give you um, a parallel to is the last time that there was a strike like this, uh, that I can remember and I always point to was like the baseball strike in 1994, right? WB on TV gave a hard press that they never go on strike, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem was in 94, the product was kind of shit. Whereas now 
with there being less content for people to consume, less new content, one could assume if, depending on what the rights issues are, and that's part of what the strike is about, that these other streaming platforms don't push, like, hey, you know, it's new to you. Remember, like, that was, like, a big catch point of, like, whether it be NBC with doing reruns or, like, when Netflix gave the big push to shows like Breaking Bad or stuff. I don't know if these streaming platforms can be that direct and say, hey, since there's new, there's no new stuff, why don't you go check out something old? And all the streaming platforms are raising their prices. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll compromise with you between my original take and what you just said and say that uh, if WWE is raising their attendance expectations going into bigger arenas and stuff like that, um, I would say that it's not new fans jumping aboard, like people who've never tried wrestling being like, oh, I like this thing. But maybe it's people that are like, well, I don't really want to go to a show, but I have nothing else to do now, so maybe I'll go. And now those people are going, you know, I so... I could see them trying to do like a flair appearance, an Austin appearance, a, a somewhat appearance to get that lapsed fan back with a name from the past. Like they remember to try to get their hooks into them while they have nothing else to watch or do. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. We will see hopefully, what happens. Hopefully strike ends in like a couple of weeks and it's all moot. So exactly. And thank you for your call, Kevin. Yeah. All right, it is pink button time. I thought this was going to be a short show. It is not going to be. Uh, we're going to be up till one doing the Patreon show. It's Young Ed. <laughs> hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. Um, I just got to know, do you guys like Cherry Crush or Pinky Doll? Um, because I am 100% uh, in Pinky Doll. Um... I've consumed more of this content that I than I would feel comfortable telling you about. And I have thoughts on it. Um, this whole NPC thing is uh, Pinky Doll's the only good one. Cherry Crush is okay, but she just doesn't understand. She's clearly going for a Belle Delphine thing and doesn't understand the essence of Belle Delphine and what makes Belle Delphine Belle Delphine. Um, so I hate it, but Pinky Doll is great. Uh, I know she says a lot of stuff same over and over, so it's hard to say this, but she's very charismatic. Um, she understands what it is and this is her thing. You know what I mean? And everyone else they see now that this has gone like mainstream and just regular people are trying it. It has very much, it's going to sound hypocritical for me, but I don't care. It's very cosplay energy where it's like, um, at a convention, when you see a Deadpool cosplayer and they try to be Deadpool in character, but it's just very cringy because they're uh, they're just a, they're just a fucking dork. Um, it's like that. That's how every other NPC uh, live streamer um, is to me. They're all Deadpool cosplayers, soulless, just dorks that don't. They're just awful. Pinky doll rules, though. Um, but I, I just want to know what you guys what you guys think. Uh, okay, bye. Can I ask, is one of those two names that he mentioned, because I, I honestly don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but All was right. one of them, like, the girl with the pink hair that was, like, eating the likes that popped up on the screen? Yeah, like, that's Pinky Doll. Okay. I, I only saw that because I saw people dunking on it, and I it was like, come on. when Like, I agree with that. This used to be an art when De Belle Delphine did it. Um... 
I, I don't have a preference because I will never watch either one of those. Uh, Ed, you're you're like 40, man. Come on, stop. <laughs> well, I, I, wait a minute. I'm going to edit that out of the show. It's not 40. He's less than, I think he said he, well, anyway. He's um, young. He's young. Yes. But no, I'm just kidding, Ed. I love you. Uh, but I will say I do agree. There's very few things I hate in life more than Deadpool cosplayers acting zany. Like mm-hmm. when... Like, all the pictures of them with their hands on their cheeks, like, oh, me? And, like, the tiptoe walking around and, like, acting all all wacky. Like, oh, I hate them so much. Like, I literally, if you own a Deadpool, like, costume and go to a Comic-Con and actually act like Deadpool, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, oh, they're so annoying. Anyways, you hit a nerve. Okay, let's let's reverse it. Well, let's handle Ed's question first, then I got another question for you. Uh, I'm a Cherry Crush guy. Um <laughs> I, I I see the Belle Delphine um uh I see the Belle Delphine uh, parallels comparisons whatever you want to call it right yeah and I think um I think you would like Cherry Crush but I think you've been ruined by Belle Delphine okay if you are aware of Belle Delphine's more extreme ventures uh I'm very aware <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think Candy Cru- uh, or Cherry Crush is that kind of girl. Uh, and if okay. she is, I haven't found it yet. Kirk was supposed <laughs> to send it to me. I mean. I'll, um, I'll ask the council to look into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. get to, That's something the count. I might have to call in a favor from the council on that one. Um, but I like uh, Pinky, but I like Cherry better. Um, I wouldn't, you know, tell either one of them to stop what they're doing. Um, <laughs> but I think this conversation is something more that I'm going to have to have with Ed when we record our Patreon show this weekend. Oh, look yes. at that. I'm doing yes. research on Ed. Yeah, no, I like that. that. That's, I like learning news on the podcast. All right. Now, Adam, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this at you. Yep. F Mary kill. Okay. Deadpool cosplayers, Harley Quinn cosplayers, or specifically Heath Ledger Joker cosplayers. Oh. Uh ooh. Uh, like that that's so tough because uh all right, so I'm gonna have to kill the Deadpool. I gotta go with that because that's all right. like, that that's my number one emotion that's that's flowing through me right now is kill every goddamn Deadpool cosplayer. Uh so I guess it's like F or Mary, uh Oh, I like Harley Quinn, though. That's like the anti-Deadpool. That one makes me happy. So uh, I guess I will marry uh, Harley Quinn and then just hate fuck the Heath Ledger ones. All right. Fair enough. You know, I just had to justify it. Okay. Uh, Ed does call back one more time. All right. Hey, TK should have done Claudio versus Sting, right? That would have been dope. Claudio versus Sting. I would have bought that. What? Uh, so <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, Ed is referring to what we talked about before. That's Claudio versus Pac. Um, oh. I would have no problem with TK transitioning Ring of Honor, at least the top of the card for the title, being the old man belt, <laughs> where Sting comes in and beats Claudio for the belt, and then Sting does a long program with Double J for the Ring of Honor title. <laughs> Uh, who goes over in the end, though, Joe? Sting! Oh, okay. Uh, listen, I, I'm a businessman. The, the money, uh, you know, it's the Jarrett promos and everything else like that. 
but Sting is Sting, you know? Somebody But but isn't the money in the chase though? Ah, listen. With the belt on Jarrett and then have Sting chase after it. That's the real money. The money's in the chase, but the money's also in Sting. So yeah. all right. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Ed. Thanks for the calls. Yes, thank you for the calls. Um hey, uh, you could help out the show, support the show. Um, variety of different ways. Next week, uh, you can go to our T Public store because that's when the 35% sale is going on. And you could purchase shirts and all sorts of various accoutrements with the ad odds and soon to be named network show logos on them. Uh, you could make a purchase through our eBay affiliate link. Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Um, it's not supporting me directly, but it's uh, supporting you know the independent wrestling world. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes, of course. August 3rd, a Thursday in Allentown uh, at Coca-Cola Stadium. Uh, before the Iron Pigs game, there's going to be an LVAC show. It's being recorded. It'll be released. I'm doing commentary on it. They just announced a rematch between Cheeseburger and Speedball Mike Bailey from the show earlier this year. One of my favorite matches that I saw this year. It's getting a rematch at the baseball show, so definitely check that out. And then, of course, once that show is in the books, all eyes on September 16th. Uh, Saturday, uh, returning to the Steel Stacks in Bethlehem for Steel Stacks Smackdown 2, uh, a show that's getting such buzz and getting so big uh, that a certain uh, company decided to run their Saturday show in State College just uh, about an hour or so down the road to make sure that any talent that might have been able to work the Steel Stacks show can't work the Steel Stacks show. Ooh. Yikes! Well, well, this this unnamed company, whoever it might be, yeah. I uh, colliders anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the, nothing good has come out of uh, collision. Like you got, oh, never mind. Right. But I, I, I did agree. mention it a couple weeks ago uh, during weekly purchase. I did actually. I, I already bought my tickets, to Steel Stack, so I'll be there with or without anybody from any other company. Awesome. Um, but, Joe, you mentioned earlier that uh, we're getting a new Joe Versations this week, or at least you're going to record it this week? Uh, the, the idea is to record it Saturday, and I'll say it here this deep into the show. Um, depending on if I could figure out how to do it. Gotcha. I What? Okay. No, I just said gotcha. Go ahead. Okay, I might stream it live in the Discord as we're recording it. Mm. And like, just like do it as a one-time shot. Like you're there, either you're there and you see it um, or you don't and then get the audio up for everyone. But like the, 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 vi the video live would be a one-time shot, you know? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. I got to see if I can figure that out though. That's a, that's a little above my pay grade. <laughs> Normally I'd say there's a bunch of people who could reach out to, but we've burned all those bridges. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've burned all those bridges, so. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, so obviously, Joe, you plugged the Patreon there. Um, a dollar a month just to support the show. Five dollars a month for all these exclusive shows. Uh, this will be, we're on the 20th. I'll say full disclosure. We got, what, 10, 11 days left in this month. This is the first month that we did not gain a single patron. So if you're listening to the show, 
Send us a dollar, goddammit. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, uh, there is tons of exclusive content. We are reviewing tonight the 2000 cl- – I have to say this because I didn't say it on the show last week. Remember, I kept it a secret. That's right. The, the 2000 TNT exclusive, TNT straight-to-TV uh, movie Shutter Speed starring Sting – I'm sorry, starring Sting – Steve Borden and Daisy Fuentes. So uh, that is tonight. But yeah, five bucks a month for all the exclusive shows. Conversations with Joe, Vintage at Odds, Show Homework, Joe Sposto, Selfie of the Month. Oh. Exclusive links to my hot new YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of different stuff available. (laughs) But yeah, so... I don't know. Subscribe or don't. I don't care. I'm not the boss of you. Yeah, at least subscribe to you, Adam's YouTube channel if you're not going to throw us a buck a month. You know, I completely understand money's tight. You don't have time or whatever it is. But just subscribe to Adam's YouTube channel. Make him feel good. He needs 500 subscribers to start being able to monetize stuff, right? Yeah, and then Ed will be calling in asking like, oh, what's the difference between that Adam Van and that Pinky Blast or whatever her name is? Right. <laughs> I want to become YouTube famous. I'm not too old yet. <laughs> no, but anyways. Maybe. Well, no, you're not. You're you're fine. Yeah, exactly. You know who else is fine, Joe? These podcasts. Longbox Heroes. Longbox Heroes After Dark. We Need Wrestling. Porch Talk, which had a new episode this past week. Surprise. Viewer's Choice. Indie Wrestling Guide. Wings on Wings. Hiya, Bussy. And Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. It is a logical next step, Marcus. I agree with you. <laughs> That's right. If that doesn't encapsulate what that show is, then nothing does, you know? <laughs> exactly. And this, We are pro-steroids here uh, at the soon-to-be-named network. 100%. I've been asking for, like, months for it. Nobody, Nobody's hooking me up, so... Right. Hopefully, Marcus gets his hands on some. I hope so. All right. But now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Hell yeah. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. Your figures will be bought. <laughs> I I hope it was just the internet connection or my computer, but the 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 hundred dollar Vansky theme was breaking up there. Uh, I think we've we've played it so much; it needs a remastering. Um, I think it was because I was opening up some new tabs to get ready to start editing the show. Oh, all right. Well, Joe, I promised at the beginning of the show that we're going to be scooping and booping. We're the first podcast to do San Diego Comic-Con reveal special. Da-da-da-da. So <laughs> anything you want to buy, <laughs> I'm excited. It's Toy Talk. Well, here, uh, go ahead. I, I have in front of me the list of all the new AEW things that they announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Since we're sharing our screen, you can see it all there. <laughs> I just see a blank screen. What the yeah, hell? That's what they that's what they announced. Yeah. Well they technically uh yeah, they didn't really announce it at San Diego Comic Con, but they're selling the sting with the signature coffin. Uh but that wasn't announced this weekend. But hey, there's still we have Friday, we have Saturday, we have Sunday. Maybe they're waiting. You never know. 
Yeah, they didn't want to do it the same day that WWE did, so their stuff wouldn't get lost in the shuffle. I get you. Yeah, I mean, if you went to the Jazzwares booth, you would get to see some of the finest figures that they have available a year ago. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so our, obviously earlier today, the soon-to-be-named network Discord was just going nuts with all of the stuff that was going up for pre-order. Or not, I wish was up for pre-order, but being announced, whether it be renders or prototypes or whatever. Joe, I made a list of just the stuff that I want. Alright? Would you like to know? And this is just stuff that was newly announced today. Okay. Right? So, like, because they Wait, showed a lot of stuff officially like... Officially announced today. Let's yeah, say. Yeah, so... So, like, obviously, like, the WCW Roddy Piper Ultimate, that was shown for the first time today, but that was announced a couple months ago with a render, you okay. know, in the lineup. So, here are the things that are are just announced today that I've, I did not know were coming out that I need. All right. <clears throat> Ringside exclusive, three faces of Foley, three pack. Right off the rip. Must day, first day pre-order. They look great. They got the tie-dye right. Um, again, I could nitpick them, but to get a new three faces of Foley set like that, and the fact that they chose to go with like Indies WCW Cactus Jack is awesome. Yeah, I don't. I do not believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there's ever been like a pre even WCW Cactus Jack. And I argue that any Cactus Jack figure you've ever seen has been like ECW, WW ECW Cactus Jack. Yes. You know, like it was any, any Cactus Jack figure that had been put out by Jack's Mattel, whomever was 1997 Cactus Jack. Yeah. Or what I was actually getting at yeah, 97, but I was also thinking like his feud with edge, like, or like later Cactus Jack. Stuff, sure. You know? But that's the first, like that's your strangle mania. Cactus Jack. Exactly. You know, um, there was, and you won't care about this, but the elite Finn Balor with the judgment day with the interchangeable masks. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I got to throw some of me in here, but Coliseum collection, heart foundation. It's so cool. It's got Mr. Hitman in there. How could you sigh that? There is a hit man at Mattel that they are purposely doing such fucked up heads for Mr. Hitman that look nothing like him. I don't know what they're using as photo reference. I don't know how they're coming up with this. Um, Great idea on paper, but they have yet to make a decent Mr. Hitman figure. See, I don't care because I'm a Coliseum collection completist and I'll never see the figure. It'll just be in the box. So uh-huh. <laughs> invalid. Um, all right. Here's one that obviously there's going to be a big line for elite Cora Jade. Huh? Huh? Nope. Elite Pat McAfee. Ugh. No. All right. How about this? Uh, Walmart exclusive ultimate edition Monday Night Wars Mankind. Um. We only saw the render on that, or did we see the whole thing? We, I mean, it wasn't boxed, but we saw it was. I forget which. It was. It was good enough that I, I put it on my list, but it's the first Ultimate McFoley. There are no other Ultimates of him. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, Ultimate Eddie Guerrero with the mullet, because the Ultimate that is currently in stores and eluding me right now is short hair, and this is like WCW Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I'm good. 
All right. All right. Well, this one you need, Joe. Walmart exclusive Monday Night Wars fake diesel. Great that is a must freaking buy. Great in concept, but without a fake razor, what are we doing? Uh, all right. Target exclusive Legends Hulk Hogan jet like the Japanese version, which is like super young bad Terry. And then there's also another Legends, which is like 1979 bad Terry, the one that would have the cape with Freddie Blassie. You know what I wish Mattel would do? Make more Hulk Hogan figures. Well, here's the thing. Like, I agree. There are too many Hogan figures. And I'm, I've been of the mindset that, like, okay, I need a NWO Hogan. And maybe, like, I'd like to still get that macho Hogan, like, handshake two-pack. And it's like, I, like, that's the only two Hogans that you need in life. But they're like, hey, here's these crazy, super niche bad Terry's. That, like, I really need, like, full head of hair, giant mustache, uh, like, Thunderlips style, you know, Hogan's. I need those. I don't need any of those. My nephew ain't going to know who those Hulk Hogan's are, you know? No, I got you. But, uh, and I'll just be real quick with one or two more. Uh, they did uh, Ultimate Yokozuna, which comes with, there's also a chase. I got to get at least one of those. Uh, they are redoing, If I don't know if you saw online or whatever, the Ultimate Roman Reigns that, you know, Mr. Tim has Lucy on his desk and pretty much everybody has said is like the best Roman Reigns figure ever. Uh, that has become very, very, very hard to get recently because like Ringside doesn't have it. It dried up at stores, which is odd for a relatively new uh, Mattel figure. But that is because they are re-releasing the figure uh, with, like, updated torso or joints or whatever. And they're adding not the new belt, because that would be, like, almost too much to ask. But they're adding, I guess the original one just had, like, the WWE belt. And now it has the WWE and the Universal, if that makes sense. So I might upgrade mine and, and get rid of the old one. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I'm looking at the list here. Those are all the things that were brand new announced today that I need, except for one other thing, Joe. And that other thing, you know, sometimes they say good things come in threes. You know, that's the old saying. And uh, I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down, Joe, but was there somebody else, some other figure that was announced today that maybe uh, maybe we should be looking forward to? Well, there was a rumored list that came out about a month or so ago um, that they were going to be in the basics set. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, if I look at, uh, my bookmarks, cause I save these sort of things, um, that in basics, what basic set is it going to be like one something? I don't have it on my list cause I don't want the basic. Okay. So not only is, are they doing an LA night figure in the basic? He's also the chase in the basic. Yeah. And then they, now that like was rumored couple months ago official announcement we see the figure and obviously i I guess they've made the basics more articulated because when i saw the pictures of it i'm like oh shit they're doing an la night elite and everyone's like no no no, they've just upped the articulation of the basics and then they revealed the preview render etc for elite 108 la night yeah the easiest oh god i gotta get them all right Yeah, I mean, I could make a case and listen to me being an anti-enabler. Like, that's definitely not me. Like, I can make a case for just saying you just need the elite. 
But at the uh, on the other hand, it's like, okay, his basic has the first time in the line branding and his basic has the chase, you know, so it's like if his if his elite had the chase and it's like, oh, maybe I can forget the the basic. But I do get it. If you're going to be the MJ of L.A., uh, you need all three of those figures for sure. And uh, I don't know. Obviously, yes, they did up the articulation of like the posability of basics, but. Look at the stomach and torso. That's the easiest way to tell the difference between a basic and an elite and an ultimate. Gotcha. If it, if it has, like, if you look at that L.A. Knight figure there that you just had on the screen. The the render. Yeah, the render. I, I'm looking for the picture of the uh, the basic. All right. Well, this while you're looks... looking at a basics, torso is all one piece. Uh, an elite has the kind of like the hinge just underneath the chest and it's usually like you'll see two lines going down of where the hinge is right. and an ultimate kind of like the, the top swivels over the bottom. So you'll see a, a line underneath the pecs, like all the way around the body. That's how you can tell it's an ultimate when you're looking at like a render and you're not sure, just gotcha. look at, look at the, the chest there. All right. But, but yeah, I mean, there was also the, lots of wrestling figures announced, lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff coming over the next couple, like probably year, because I feel like last San Diego, the figures that were shown off, I'm just now seeing in Walmart, you know, like the uh, the mousetrap Sami Zayn and the Kevin Owens as Stone Cold. Like, I feel those were all announced at San Diego last year, and they're just now trickling into our stores around here, but... There's one or two other Transformers that were announced, but we won't go into those. Right. And that's really all I wanted. Like, I could split the difference between the re-release of the Terry Funk. Um, that's yeah. I, I already have that original Elite, you know? I do, too. And that I didn't mention that because that was announced before, but this is the first time we'll, we're seeing it in package. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I might buy it just because it's a slight improvement. Like... I, DJ says that this one has knee pads on, and I, I think I read somewhere that it's like, again, not that I'll ever take it out of the package to find out, but there's like some improved stuff with the joints. Right. So, I mean, eh, it's Terry Funk. You're not going to get a, a crap ton of Terry Funks to, to pick and choose from, you know? It, it, it's one of those things where if I didn't already have the Elite, even though the Elite that I have is in a, in a little bit of a banged up box a bit, you know? Uh, but I got that at a different time when figures were whatever. Um I might just get the new one and open the old one because I can't find the right fig defender for the old one, even though like I, and listen, I've gone to the site, I've gone to ringside, I've gone to the custom guy on eBay, Katana Bill or whatever the hell his name is. Right. Yeah. And I send them the specs and I'd say it's this elite, it's this, and I get it. And I've got about four different cases that do not fit that Terry Funk and don't fit any other figure either. I'm. I think I'm. I'm swear we've had this conversation. Before. We've had this conversation multiple times, and no one can get it right. Terry Funk. I'm on Wrestling Figure Database. Okay, so you have the Elite, the ECW one, right? Correct. Um, I'll look at my my ringside like past orders. Uh, I one thousand percent have not this figure in a Defender, but other figures of this style in a Defender that I bought from ringside that fit like a glove and have the little slit to the, like the angle on the bottom left of the box and everything like that, because this is the same, uh, this is the same packaging that, uh, 
There was a ringside exclusive Finn Balor that I have in a Defender. Uh, Alexa Bliss's first figure is this exact same dimensions. And yes, I have a Bliss figure in a Defender over the Terry Funk. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, 1,000% there's a Defender for this. I say rather than open this figure, why don't you sell it now before the market falls out on it? And then with the money you get from it, you can buy probably two or three of the new Terry Funk. Have a Lucy, have a Mint on card, have options. Is this particular Terry Funk that I have that expensive? Well, I mean, it's probably come down since they announced the reissue. But when I bought mine, the reissue hadn't yet been announced. And I probably paid like 70 bucks for it or 60 Mm. bucks for it. So it is coming down. But I still say, like, why would you open a figure that you can get more than enough money to cover like the new version of? You know? Yeah, I'm seeing like 60, 40, like 45 to 60 really depends. Yeah. But the thing is, my, my box isn't in the best condition is the main reason why. I got you. All right. Understandable. I'm yeah. still very, it's still very weird that the, you can't find the Defender on ringside. I'm going to look this up. While it's, it doesn't fit right. It's either like, as I have the picture of it up here, like see this part right here, that weird yep. edge thing there. All the ones that I've gotten, like, don't form fit it, where I've gotten ones that do a form fit on it. No, I gotcha. That's weird, because yeah. mine are form fit. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a picture after the show. Yeah, you, you do that. I'm going to. And right. I'm typing ringside into the ringside search. I almost broke the internet. <laughs> so, um, obviously, that's speculative purchases, future down-the-line purchases, what have you. Um, I did telegraph last week knowing coming into this week that I would be having a big purchase. And I did. Um, Obviously, my car had to go in for an inspection. And before it did a year ago, I was told by my mechanic that this thing's going to need new tires. So I went and I got new tires on uh, my car. That cost $403, all said and done. Um, The inspection itself was $70. And then the note that I got from my uh, mechanic was that he had to weld a broken bracket on the muffler. Uh, mm. It's going to need front brakes and rotors for next year, and the exhaust is starting to rot. Oh, well, that's perfectly normal, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I listened so, to the, the breakdown on After Dark, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do these shows in a mindset that they only listen to these shows, that everybody doesn't listen to everything that I do, you know? Fair enough. Now, Joe, if you look in the chat there, I just sent you a link on ringside of a, a defender that's basically built exactly to the Terry Funk. Okay. I need to go back and look at my past orders because mm-hmm. it was either I purchased this one and they sent me the wrong one. Which is most likely the case. Or these have been out of stock when I went looking for them. Also possible. But yeah, yeah. I have uh, that was straight from my order history. I've ordered at least four or five of those okay. and they fit perfectly. All right. Well, when I go through all the ones that I have sitting here, which I'm doing tomorrow, um, we will talk, pal. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see there's exactly, there's a ballot yeah. that's in there. But yeah, those fit perfectly. All right. So weekly purchases for me. Uh, not a huge week, Joe. Um, I did, speaking of Defenders... I did a little bit of research and I was looking for the most durable uh, and also clearest 
and also with the strongest lid defender, quite possibly on the market for Funko Pops in case, yes. like, let's say you might end up owning one day a super expensive Funko Pop that you are definitely afraid of getting damaged. Uh, and I found out that the website, there's a website called Seven Bucks a Pop. And I guess they sell Funkos and they sell autograph Funkos and all that stuff. But they make their own cases called Pop Armor. Uh, and from the reviews online, they're like super thick and like hard to break and whatever. Uh, so I ordered them, I want to say Tuesday, like Tuesday night. And uh, they showed up like Wednesday afternoon. Wow. It was like ridiculous. I got a notification from uh, seven bucks a pop saying, Hey, we've got your order. We'll let you know when it ships. And then like the next day it was just on my porch. So, uh, and I, when I tweeted out the picture of the Azrael pop that I talked about last week, it is in those, def that defender, uh, and they're really nice. So money well spent. I needed that. Yeah. Your video about the unboxing of that was very funny. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Speaking of Funkos uh, and speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, uh, I did buy some San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Funkos that went on sale today. It was actually a pretty lean year for me. Normally, I'm like, oh, no, which of these 12 or 15 Funkos do I want? Uh, I just bought four, which is actually not a lot. But I bought a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Thor, uh, a Bizarro, a Johnny Knoxville, which is the Johnny Knoxville like from WrestleMania. And the one that I was like, okay, if I can't get any of them other than one, I need this one. And it's a two pack of Galvatron and Rodimus Prime uh, Transformers. So, oh, I know those boys. There you go. Now, the thing is with the the Transformers one is I bought that at GameStop because it's a shared exclusive. And we've talked about this before that there that Pops will have a sticker at the the retail stores like walmart target whatever and then there's a completely different sticker if you get it at san diego uh so i do need to track down the san diego version of the galvatron and rodimus because oh i'm a crazy person so that's I true need, i need to own one that has the shared retailer exclusive sticker and i need to own one that has the actual san diego comic-con sticker because i'm a i need i i'm a completist you know did you buy anything else, Joe? Nope. The, the tires was enough. All right. Um, I purchased, and shout out to not only the Name Network Discord, which was talking about that this morning, but also Brett actually texted me. I believe it was Brett. Uh, now I feel bad if it was DJ. Shout out to the boys at We Need Wrestling. They're always letting me know when things go on sale, especially if it's like early in the morning and they know I'm asleep. And by early in the morning, I mean like prior to 11.30 a.m. Right. Uh, so a lot of times they'll text me and just be like, oh, because they realize I will see a text more than I'll see the Discord. Uh, but Amazon exclusive, and this is actually something that was nobody had heard of prior to this weekend. But there's an Amazon exclusive Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10 ladder match box set. Oh, yeah. I saw that go live like a day or two ago. Yeah, I think it was Thursday. It was just like, hey, surprise, here's some figures you didn't know were coming out. You know, like they're, they're available for pre-order. Uh, so I jumped all over that because not only, you know, it's an HBK figure and it's kind of cool, but like I'm a sucker for like the presentation of an exclusive box set like that. And it looks awesome, you know? 
I, I wish they could do a WrestleMania 10 Bret and Owen one. I would have probably bought that. Yeah, maybe uh, that's I, the, the next one. You have to support the HBK Sean in order mm-hmm. for them to do the Bret and Owen. I will uh, not be supporting anything with Shawn Michaels. Thank you very much. Ah, uh, well, all right. No accounting for taste. That's true. Uh, the only other thing I bought, Joe, is uh, I think that this goes without saying. I had to pre-order the Power Town figures of mm. Brian Myers and uh, Matt Cardona. So I don't know, Joe. Like I obviously, if it was uh, not a two-pack, would you have been interested in the the Hawkins figure? No. What? It's a beautiful figure. I got the Super Seven. It is a nice figure. Um, I'm good. Dude, that Super 7 is going to look like a basic compared to these. Okay. All right. But um, I pre-ordered that. Money well spent. Happy to do it. Sucks that it's all during the same, like, week or so. Uh, You know, like, of San Diego Comic-Con. Plus, like, tomorrow I'm going to try for the Muhammad Ali. You know? So, um, Joe, do you have your phone in front of you? I do. Uh, About to send you something because I've been a little, little shady the last 24 hours been promising usual yeah a little bit more than usual but i've been promising you a show image right and i'm sending it to you right now so you listening to this have already seen this show image okay yeah uh because it's the show image i'm seeing this for the first time i'd love to get your reaction all right and let the people listening who might not you know (laughs) Stupid. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now you gotta zoom in for the detail because this is this isn't a just a slap together like Fancy's got ten minutes before the podcast starts, he's gonna make something. There's some there's some detailed stuff in here that I want you to take a look at. Well, again, first of all, they didn't make you tan enough. <laughs> I'm not jacked or tanned enough. Not jacked or tan enough. Um, now, I will say this. One, and again, I'm not familiar with the packaging of the Brian one, right? Yeah. What is that above? And again, so what you'll, you're seeing it, at, you know, obviously. What is that above my head on the figure? Oh, that is uh, the hoodie down. Oh, okay. It's like one of, the, one of the heads has the hoodie up. You know what I'm saying? And the other one yeah, is the yeah. down. I I I like I like the variety on my heads uh-huh. and the lack of variety on yours. Well, I'm sending you the original right now <laughs> so you can compare. And one, if you look at the Broski one, the, he really only does have the two heads. One of them has the tongue sticking out, so I did stick with that for authenticity. Right, but like your picture on the box. Uh-huh. Your picture, your your head on the fig. <laughs> oh, yeah. And your head with the tongue sticking out. Well, I, I spent more time on making sure. I don't know if you see this, but again, for authenticity, I replaced the NWA title with my AIW Tag Team Championship. Correct. I saw that. <laughs> and then I also had the mask on your face. Right. And then you get a screaming head, which is just like perfect for an action figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I 
What are you doing? <laughs> I'm making art. <laughs> well, hopefully whoever helped you with that. Nobody helped me with this. No, get out of town. This was me from the start. Like, I, honestly, like, I thought about mentioning this to Derek, you know, who usually takes care of the tough stuff. But I was like, maybe if I tinker with it over, like, a couple, like, hours. And it really, it didn't take that long. It only took, like, maybe an hour. And then I sent it to a couple people to get their thoughts. And then I went back in and I changed the, uh, put the AIW title in there. But no, this was all, this was me using MS Paints. <laughs> you know, this is me still using whatever freeware I can find on the internet to do Photoshop. I probably still wouldn't buy this two-pack. <laughs> ah, and if I did, if I did, I would throw the Vansky figure away. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, then it wouldn't be worth something because it wouldn't be mint on card, mint in box. Uh, I think everyone will be okay. All right. No, but that, that was good. I, I, I got a kick out of that one. You did a really good job on the Photoshops with it and everything. And uh, I don't know. I don't even know who we would talk to about getting something like that done for real. Oh, so. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think I might, and this was brought up to me in a, in a DM as well, I might have to go in and remove uh, any kind of intellectual property logos that I, mm. I, I left on uh, our gear. Uh, and maybe put it up on the T public site. There you go. You know, I think we're just far enough uh, away from uh, the actual box to go away with fair use on that. Yeah. But that's it for me. Hey, and that's it for me, too. Uh, this was episode 251 of Ad Odds with Wrestling. Uh, mentioned the LVAC shows coming up. Mentioned the Patreon. We're getting to talk about Shutter Speed, a 23-year-old movie starring Sting <laughs> and Daisy Fuentes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Go uh, sign up for the Patreon. Go check that out. Go listen to the previews that are over there. Um, support the show. All that jazz. Uh, thanks for listening. Be safe out there. And enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.